Actually, that'd be a, that'd be a good demo right that'd there. That'd be a rough demo. <laughs> you can just uh, what's the word? Quantize it. Quantize it? Yeah, yeah, dude. Absolutely. I don't know how well I could do that to my own voice. I have to go in there with the beat detective, start cutting things up. <laughs> beat detective. Dude, let me. I will show you the beat detective sometime. It'll mess your brain up. Okay. This is a superhero. His yes. name's the Beat Detective. Love it already. And he finds the criminals based on the rhythm of their crimes. That's great. The rhythm of the night, dude. This is the rhythm. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's write it, dude. Don't don't tempt me. <laughs> don't don't tempt me. After your um, uh, Kaliosho twin Yo, idea, yeah. I don't I don't really don't know how we don't. <laughs> dude, we, we should do an episode on that. We should, oh, ideas we have. We, honestly, we should do that. Like that'd be sick, actually. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be a fun one. Well, not this episode. Yeah, not this episode, because this episode <laughs> is <laughs> is a very special episode. Hello and welcome to the House of Comics podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Alex. And we're going to be talking to you guys about comic books and other comic book related entities across all spectrums and mediums. Um, like I said today, uh, especially because today we are bringing you the second edition of the House of Games. Yeah, clap track. Nice. Can we can we do that? We could do that. Hell yeah, dude. Put that in, in post. <laughs> Sick. Go crazy. Uh, but uh, if you're a fan of the show, you may know we did a uh, game show edition previously in episode seven. Well, we uh, I ran Alex through a uh, couple games. <laughs> We did a word association game. We did a heads up style game. I honestly forget the other one actually. The first appearance one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who which had one, the which one was first? Yeah, yeah, who had the first first appearance between two characters? So that, that was, was a good fun. one. Yeah. So this time around, we're only playing one game. Perfect. But it's one of the game of games. <gasps> we are playing. Who wants to be a genius billionaire playboy philanthropist? <gasps> Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I can try. We're just playing who wants to be a millionaire. I got a couple questions that are going to range from easy to medium to, you know, fairly difficult. Sure. And Alice is going to try to answer them. He's going to have a couple, uh, I, I guess uh, I should talk about more of the rules. He's going to have, I want to say it's 15 seconds. Oh, my. For the first couple questions. Okay, well, I th- no, no, it's 30. Okay. Yeah, 30, 30 seconds for the first four questions. 45 seconds for the next four, and then a minute for the last four. Okay, gotcha. Yes. You'll have three lifelines, one of which being uh, a phone call. (laughs) The phone call will be to a person who messaged the House of Comics podcast with their phone number. Yes, the first person who did this is the person we will be calling for the answer to... The question, whatever you lifeline in for, it will be that person that we're calling tonight. How do we do that? I did it, dude. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, shit. Yeah, I, I don't worry. Sick. I took care of it. <laughs> oh, man. We, we, have, we have an email. So, <laughs> housecomicspod at gmail.com. Do it. Second lifeline, the obvious 50-50. Love it. The third lifeline is going to be ask a bot. You're going to ask our local. I'm not oh, going to. Yeah, I'm not going to say. AI? Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm not going to yeah. say her name because she will answer. But we're going to ask her. You will essentially ask her a form of your question that you will believe will get you closer to the answer that okay. you desire. Oh yeah, that's a good one, dude. You like that's that? way better than a studio audience, <laughs> right, dude? <laughs> that's the closest thing we got. That's good. Um, there will also be a redemption question where if you get a question wrong, 
you can use your redemption question in order to get back in the game. You can get two questions wrong before you get out. And I, like I said, you can use a redemption question for one of those wrong answers. Okay. So essentially what I'm saying is you can get two wrong, but still winning the second most amount of money. Gotcha. In essence. And there's going to be a little twist later on that I'll, that I'll break down to you. But first... Before we get into the game, I think we should get into everything else. Yes. Yes. That'd be wise. It was actually a pretty busy week. Yes, it was a pretty busy week. So first we're going to get into our news segment, Filler or Crisis, where we break down news articles that come our way. Uh, we follow this filler. If it's something we can kind of breeze through, just say, eh, eh. Or if it's a crisis, something we've got to lay down on the line, give our deep thoughts on. Love it. So. Let's hit it with the big one. Okay. Something we've been talking about a lot on the show, something that's been discussed at length, Batwoman. CW's Batwoman has cast their new Batwoman. Javicia Leslie will be starring as Batwoman as a new character named Ryan Wilder. Mm -hmm. Ryan Wilder. And we talked about this for a bit off of the pod. And when the news first came out, actually, and yep. I had initially planned to come in and do a whole pop off about this. Sure. I really came in to do it. But something happened over the weekend. I saw the social media response to oh. the, the situation and it was overwhelmingly positive. Really? Yes. It was extremely positive. Everyone was about it. Everyone was for it. Everyone was with it. And like I said, I initially came in to say, I am not going to be here for this one for the 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 shooing away of a character that never truly got her due to begin with. That's nope. probably the the biggest grievance I have Easily. with the with the situation. And then two, the replacing of said character with essentially a character that felt like a means to check boxes. Yes, check boxes of the LGBT community, check boxes of the person of color. Check boxes of the woman, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, even the stuff they talked about with her character, the character is a drug runner. Yeah. Who also lives in a van, who loves her plants. I, I absolutely despised that little quick character. Bio. Oh, my God. It was awful. And, I mean, to be fair, a lot of those are terrible. Yes. Like, if you gave me most character breakdowns for, like, a, you know, CW show, I'd probably be like, this is awful. Like, I, w- I would probably hate the character breakdown for Stargirl. Immediately. Oh, yeah. Immediately. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of the other Arrowverse shows. So I don't, that's obviously not fair, but I just, I think I'm with you. The real thing I'm stuck on is just the way that they treated Kate Kane and the fact that we got a Batwoman show that did not do a great job with it. And then after one season, we no longer have Kate Kane in the Batwoman show. Yes. Yeah. I want to frame this properly because I don't want to come here and act like we're upset that a black woman is about to star not at all. in in a uh, superhero show on the CW. That's not the case at all. That's fucking awesome. That's dope. Not even I, a little bit of problem. I wish it could happen under more reasonable circumstances that didn't evolve such foolery. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, next to my excitement, act like I'm not disappointed in the fact that Kay Kane, one of my favorite comic book characters, yeah. never got her due in her own goddamn show. Nope. It, that's, that's the real problem of it. I mean, like, if this would have been a character that was in, introduced, like, 
eventually with in cooperation with a Batwoman yes. as Kate, uh, Kate Kane Batwoman, I would have absolutely zero problem with it. Absolutely. If if she was even just if it was just this same exact woman with this same exact description as Stephanie Brown or a yes. different yeah, dude, universe character, just, I would have okay. zero problem. That's actually an amazing idea. Right? Yeah, just retcon Stephanie Brown to be this Ryan Wilder person literally. in the in the show. That'd be amazing. Yeah, literally that would be better option than this. That, that's just it feels like it's a really you already don't have a whole ton of these like premier LGBT characters really push forward in any of these comic book universes. Yes. Reasonably yes. so. With and the push forward for the right reasons of here's an amazing character that the fan base loves right. that is also these things. You know, like it's not just like, hey, we we married, you know, um oh it was the big Marvel one. Not uh jeez, it was two uh, two X Men, right? Remember when they got married and it was a big deal and that was great. You know? Oh crap! Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But anyway, you know, like it needs. It, this is a character people genuinely love. Yes. You know, regardless of any of the parts around their big their sexual, cult following. Yeah, exactly. Their sexual orientation or their gender. Uh, so it just feels really shitty to have that happen. Have this. Have this. This pillar of that community just get like, yeah, here's a new character for you. Yeah. Mm. And the other flip side about it, and this is definitely a, a more selfish on my part. But what happens when, let's say, this character does hit? Okay. Oh yeah. And and let's 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 do the thing where we pretend that when comic book properties do well, it forces people to go buy comic books. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm. But let's say this character does well. What happens when this person's like, "Hey, I like this Ryan Wilder character. Let, let me go read a Batwoman comic and see about this Ryan Wilder person yeah. and see what I'm missing." Oh wait. She's not there. She doesn't nope. exist. We just made her up because we couldn't figure out what to do with the actual Batwoman, who yep. has great stories, who has who is a great character, who yep. has all this lore that you definitely should be interested in. Yep. That you decided to completely ignore <laughs> throughout the show. And I just wish they would have sunset the whole character, the whole show, and and gone into like a, like we talked about before, a detective comics show. Yes. Oh my god, that was also like would have been great. It do a Gotham Knights style, you yeah. know, focus on all of the Gotham um, heroes that aren't Batman, essentially. Absolutely, that would have been very exciting, and you could have had the same exact casting as a woman. I would have, and I would have been almost more willing to see her in a Batwoman role if the show wasn't called Batwoman. You know what? And it focused on her. I'm going to say you're right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, actually do. Yeah. It just, it's like if she was part of an ensemble like in Legends, oh, um, yeah. I would be more okay with a completely new Batwoman taking the mantle and being like, okay, this is our Batwoman. Let's find out about her. Yeah. This show is supposed to be about Batwoman. And yeah. we have tons of stories of Batwoman that are really, really fantastic with Kate Kane. And now it's just... No. This is also one of those things where it's just very revealing how fast the changes occurred. Because if they're going to make a change this drastic, this was something that really wouldn't have been that weird if they handled it during the crisis event. Oh, yeah. Could no, you imagine yeah. if they just fucking took them, if this is just a Batwoman from a different Earth, that they switch flopped with Ruby Rose? Yep. We would have just accepted that, really. A 100%. Because the crisis event was so crazy and awesome and out of this world, and yeah. like we got so much fallout from it, it would have been like a kind of a, a why not situation. Oh, absolutely. Or if at least she could have tried to stay on until the next crossover, so right? Could have done something or something like, like that. that. You know, like, like leaving after this early is just either make it make sense or do something crazy or comic booky to make it feel more real in this world, yep. in this environment, instead yep. of off paneling. 
Yeah. <laughs> Making Batwoman this person that hasn't existed before. Yeah. Or just promoting somebody that was already on the show to yeah. that position. It just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me. But I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, we're not going to keep beating the dead horse with this one. I'm obviously going to I'm going to watch the show. I have we'll to. Find I, out. I, I have to now. You got to know. I really had to see what's going to happen. And like I said, the fan reception was positive. People were saying this is cool. This is dope. Cool. And I get it. Because at this point in the life uh, life cycle of the show, why the hell not? Oh, it's definitely like, that point. Like we keep saying it about this show when things like this happen, because of, of course they did. Of yeah. course they happened to this show. If, there was no other. There was no way it was going to go smoothly. It wasn't going to yeah. get seven seasons, and yeah. you know, like Arrow did. You know, yeah, absolutely not. No chance. Yeah, but um, yeah. Good luck to uh, Javicia Leslie. Absolutely. It, yeah, in her role. I hope she crushes it. She looks amazing. She's yeah. gonna she's gonna look fly in the costume, I'm sure. I and uh, I hope she does a good job. Yeah, only the best wishes, honestly, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with some some more good news. Shout out to uh Jenny Friesen and Peach Momoko, who are very popular uh cover artists in the industry. They just signed twenty cover deals with Boom Studios. Cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Very uh, good look for them and for Boom Studios. Once again, making some noise. Little little pun intended there. Nice. Thank you, thank you. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Jenny Friesen or Peach Momoko, Jenny is one of those people who are like a masters of negative space. You know, her covers are really uh really bright and eccentric, but like I said, kind of focus on that that absence. You yeah. Know? Um, of lines and uh, stuff of that nature. And then Peach Momoko, she's kind of cool because she has, I don't want to say some simplistic, but she has a more uh, direct style. That's mm-hmm. a, a blend of watercolors. And uh, she's actually a uh, originally trained as a tattoo artist. So it's watercolors cool. and uh, Japanese style tattooing. Very cool. Which is her her take on covers a lot. So yeah, shout out to them. Okay, Filler or Crisis. Matt Reeves' Batman is getting a spinoff show on HBO Max. I saw that. Focused on the Gotham universe. How do you feel about this? Um, I'm, I want to say it totally depends on the team that goes into it. Do we know any of the team going into that? Oh, because if it's the right group of people and they can do something like Watchmen again, where it's like really smart and well-written and well-acted, then give me the GCPD show that Gotham should have been. Yeah. Absolutely, that's crisis. I don't know wanna, I don't know why I want to say they said it was J.J. Oh, it was a J.J.'s production. Was it the robot Bad team? Robot? Bad Robot team. I'd be totally fine with that. Because, so, it was crazy because I didn't think this... I was going to see mixed reviews about this online, but some people were saying, what's up with, why why this show? What happened to the other Gotham show? Which I never watched. It got like five or six seasons. That's what I thought. It went for a good long time. Yeah. It had, it pulled some solid enough names and they did some cool things and there were some not as cool things. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, you know, it was just its own like it was because on the CW, correct? It, was, it wasn't on CW. It was on Fox. I it was on Fox. It was on Fox. It existed in its own continuity. Oh, it didn't shit. give much of a fuck about anything. Oh shit! It okay. teased the Joker about a billion times. Hell and yeah, it pulled dude. the rug out from you a billion and one. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. Oh, exactly. <laughs> this weird thing with Ivy where she was like a kid, but then she was like an adult, and it was like a whole lot of things. Hey, man, numbers. So numbers are yeah, numbers exactly. So. um but yeah, you know, there were some really solid things. The actor who played the Penguin, who played Cobblepot, I really yeah. loved him as Cobblepot. He was like the best part of the show. Okay. Um, the young Gordon was pretty solid. I mean, kind of. I gen- remember them you know, talking about the young Gordon. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed him, and I also enjoyed his uh, older partner, whose name is escaping me um, at the moment. 
who's usually kind of a bastard in the comics. Actually. Harvey Bullock? Thank you, Bullock, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, I mean, like, for a TV comic book show, right. it was kind of more like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess that would be the comparison, gotcha. than the CW-verse. Gotcha. Where it was, okay. like, that kind of, like, drama, like, really trying hard. Right. Um, but then, like, on the other side, people were saying, hell yeah, dude, this is definitely what HBO Max should be. Like, we yes. get this crazy-ass Warner Brothers property that comes out. Why wouldn't we have an exclusive show based around this property that we can start to pedal off of that? And that's the thing. Watchmen showed you the power of mm, good that, point. that Great premier point. cable network, right? Mm-hmm. You could not have had Watchmen on Fox Mm-mm. or NBC. There's no way. Absolutely Why would not. you even want to? It would be Dude, neutered and boring. The scene where they mow down the cows. Oh my I god! I will always bring it up because you can you cannot get away with shit no. like that. <laughs> no, absolutely. And like not only just content wise with graphic um, violence and sexual and sexuality and stuff like that, but also with just pure adult themes. Yeah. Like that show was intense and intelligent, and it was willing to go into very very in dark spaces in America throughout throughout the entire yeah. from start to finish oh yeah you know Literally. we had a we had a, we had a you know we were introduced to a guy who we thought was going to be a main protagonist and turns out he was a Klansman immediately <laughs> yeah, first yeah, episode dude, it was wow shit first episode you don't do that on Fox you don't do that on, <laughs> no. you don't do that on, and on NBC or ABC they don't, yeah. not, that's just divisive and difficult you know they're yeah. too busy showing you whatever you know Bob's Burgers season 8 <laughs> so like it's the right place to do it, and imagining Gotham as a place that could be mature and bloody and like all that kind of stuff you would want out of a show. Because yeah. Gotham is supposed to be about the villains, essentially. There's Literally, no Batman. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Gordon's growing up in the shit, and there's just villains everywhere trying yeah. to becoming themselves. Yeah. That's a show that should have been on HBO in the first place. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree. So if this does come come to fruition, I'm I'm sure it's probably dependent on yeah. the success of the Batman movie. Mm-hmm. It's already a smash hit, as far as I'm concerned. Don't know anything about oh, the dude, film. That new Batman movie is going to be perfect. It's it's a it's a flawless. It's, it's a cinematic. It was it was a genius paradigm shift. It was. <laughs> it, 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 was it was a cultural reset. Okay, what else we got here? Uh, let's, uh, let's 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 keep going on the DC vibes. Why not? Not coming up anytime soon, but October solicitations will, I'm sorry, did come out recently. Right. But we're not going to get into all that because we don't like getting into that because that's, no. that's, that's spoilers, really. We know the stuff that's coming out, you know, we can kind of project, but we don't want to get into the actual, you know, description of the thing no. that's coming yeah. out months from now. That's weird. No fun. But we are getting, because I want to mention this because we talk about this a lot on the show. I'm getting more uh, anthologies. Love it. And we're going to get some. Halloween theme anthologies. We're gonna get a Swamp Thing Halloween spectacular. Beautiful. Um headed by Tom King. Oh my god. Yeah, Tom King will be in charge of this one and he's gonna have a team of uh I think the yeah, Titan's gonna be on it, Rom V is gonna be on it. Yes. Um as well as some other creators. So that should be fun. That sounds very dope. And there's also gonna be another just um like spooky uh it's like spooky tales. Um, anthology series, and right. I don't, and it sounds like they might be trying to make that a not an ongoing thing, but they kind of want to give that some legs, right? To just kind of tell some, you know, you know, 
DC and spooky they, and creepy stuff. They should. Yeah, I think absolutely. that Hill House, they wouldn't have printed all those Hill House books if they wouldn't have been successful. First <laughs> it's of all. very a true. A lot of those would have been like, okay, well, the first few of these we launched didn't work, so we're not going to do the rest of these. Right. You know, but they they did like six books and then they launched Plunge way into the thing. Yeah. So at the very least, they got to cancel Plunge. But yeah. they went on it. <laughs> and people people really seem to like it. So I oh, think yeah. there's that, people talking about it. Exactly. And so there's no Dark Multiverse. There's no more Hill House stuff. So like going back to Swampy and like maybe even like House of Secrets stuff. Like yes, he, that'd be cool. That he had his first appearance in. Like that would be really neat. That'd be dope. We'll be completely about that. This is kind of kind of a filler because we don't know where this is going. But uh, Daphne Keene, who played uh, X-23 in the uh, Logan film. Right. Has said that she would be totally down to reprise her role in the MCU. Um, as some of you guys may know, they're planning on rolling in the X-Men and the Fantastic Four finally into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, how? I don't know. Um, they should, honestly, their best bet is to just hand wave some shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't try to actually explain it. Just do it. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. A lot of people were excited about that. Um, a lot of people loved her in that movie. A lot of people loved that movie. It was a great, great uh, superhero movie. That's you know, that's every Marvel's fan's response to Dark Knight. Yeah, which is, which is kind of weird. Because, like, I don't really put those in the same, like, not category. Yeah. No, 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 not even close. <laughs> but I, I I get it. Well, if you want one, like, Oscar bait, like, critically acclaimed movie for your comic book that's publication, that is literally it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no choice. So I get that for that. But cool. I mean, I'm way more excited for Fantastic Four and the idea of, though, and uh, Can we get a good is, one? Can we get a good Fantastic Four? Can we get a good Four? one? Will we see a dope Doctor Doom? The world may never know. Make What's-His-Face, um... Mr. Fantastic, the one everyone wants them to be. Uh, what's his face from The Office? Jenner from The Office. Oh, my God. Yeah, John Krasinski. <laughs> yeah, That'd dude, be good. Why not? Make that face. Um, I also saw a bunch of people saying they want uh, Charlize Theron to play uh, Sue. Sue, yeah. Interesting. She might be a tad old. And I say that with the highest respect for Charlize Theron because she is a major badass and yeah. an amazing, amazing actress. It's just that I usually don't picture Sue being... That age. Not a big problem. Depends on when they want to roll them in, but yeah. Totally depends on when you want to roll them in, but I usually associate, I sued to me as like late 20s, early 30s. Gotcha. You know, at the, you know, that kind of zone. But that doesn't matter. Who cares? It's comic books. Yeah. Yeah, they made uh, Renee Montoya, Rosie Perez. Oh, yeah, I know. Then, Nobody cares. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> Let's see. The Boys is getting a short Woo. film starring Billy Butcher that will serve as a prequel to season two. Nice. So that's Damn. sick. Yeah, the boys coming at you quick and hard, man. That they, just hit hard for Amazon, huh? Dude, like the fact so many people were talking about the boys. Like, I don't know if you guys remember the so boys good. hype, but when the boys was out, like the boys was out. I, I wasn't watching it, but I know everyone else was. Like people <laughs> people who I know for a fact don't like comic book shit yep. were talking to me about the boys. Yep, that's it was just good. Yeah. Just good, good. Good. Yeah, when I finally checked it out, and I was like, I yep, totally get it. <laughs> totally get it. Xbox and Microsoft are eyeing those Warner Brother games. Yep. Yep. I did not know. At first, I was like, okay, looking at the Warner Brother stuff, does that include? Yes, it does. It includes <laughs> Rocksteady. It includes a lot of these developers. Oh, yeah. The guys who did not only Arkham games, but the other developers who did Shadow of War, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. which is owned because it's Warner Brothers property. Yep, yep. And Lord of the Rings stuff. Um. Yeah, that would be interesting. And of course, that goes into the rabbit hole of exclusives because obviously Sony 
with yeah. their Spider-Man and you know other Marvel exclusives would yeah. be interesting if Xbox and Microsoft managed to somehow pull off a you know DC exclusives type type deal cuz I saw that um wasn't a couple weeks ago that uh NetherRealm were thinking about about selling um weren't they their their property to uh, someone maybe yeah yeah I saw that as well so that would be interesting how how wild would that be there's a lot of that going around. I mean, you know, Whole Warframe lot. and their yeah. their parent company is being looked at by Tencent. So yeah, I guess it's just that time. Yeah, man, it's a strange, strange time in the world. A lot of a lot of people have seen the flaws in their business, and you know the the peaks and valleys that a business can go through in a very short amount of time, given you know the right circumstances. And it is kind of you know changed the perspective that a lot of businesses and you know business developers especially in tech you know have on you know the projections of their industry oh absolutely no everything is in crazy flux right now i yeah. mean the only pro- the only thing that i would actually be willing to double down on at any level is video games yeah because where people would obviously love to watch more tv and movies and all that stuff but that shit needs people there. Yeah. You know, like, you can develop a lot of video game stuff with people at home in separate places. And we know that makes money. That makes yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. Well, on the same note, but a lot less money, I was going to talk <laughs> about uh, comic books. Sure. Yeah, we just got that report that uh, in 2019, the comic book industry posted a record high uh, $1.2, yeah, $1.2 billion in earnings. Which we thought was cool because, you know, obviously we always talk about comic books um, and the industry itself going through these issues, having these problems, they have to work on the direct market and getting all the yeah. stuff out. And while we're talking, the industry is out putting out, you know, great numbers, uh, incredible numbers. Now, that's obviously, you know, due to a couple reasons. Uh, we're, not, we're not here to analyze. No, those, it's not the, yeah, that, that's a, there's a lot of things that can go and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's a it's a good sign. It's a great sign. Yeah, that we're in a place where we can say that amidst, um, well, this these are 2019 numbers, so this happened before everything. But even during 2019, where we felt like comics were kind of going through a, a weird period, we're posting good numbers. So that's good. Yeah, no, that's always a good sign. I mean, regardless of what happens, you can, you can talk all day about the reasons why the numbers look like that, but you can just hope that if those numbers ever looked like that at one time, they might continue to. Yes. Or maybe that, they'll yes. grab people for whatever reasons they that people even tried. Maybe those people will be hooked. And even if half those people become hooked, then that'll be better for the comic book industry in general. So, yeah. Yeah, However you got the numbers, just figure out the best way to keep yeah. them that way. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, all that really matters. That's um, all I really got for the news. You got anything over there? Um, Charlie Stan, the new on the Charlie Stan note, the the old guard. Oh yes, was really almost good. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. I've not watched. Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched it with Camille. We okay. both really enjoyed it. Nice. It was nice. a bit long, but it didn't okay. feel too long. It felt you know felt like it fit all good. It's based off of Greg Rucka's comic. Correct. I don't know who his artist is. Okay. You uh, also did the screenplay for the film as well. That was. I remember watching the credits and I saw his name pop up and I was like. That is why this was good. Gotcha. Like that made perfect sense as to why this actually felt so solid and felt really good. And um, and yeah, I can definitely I can tell you that if you want to see just a great set of action set pieces, then you can watch it for that. If you want to see really great Charlie's Theron acting, you can watch it for that. Um, it's good. Watch it. Hell yeah. For those reasons and many more. Charlie Theron has an axe. I mean, what, what do you want from that? You're right? like, oh, yeah. what if Furiosa had an axe? Like, that's <laughs> what it is, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Definitely got to check it out now. Right? <laughs> these, these are the reviews. This, <laughs> that's what you need, yeah. Yeah. You can only, only hear 
<laughs> someone telling me that, someone telling a person that will do one of two things like that. That will make them immediately want to go watch it, or they will not understand it and they won't care. And that that person doesn't care. This is not for them, obviously. Dude, you, that market segmentation. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the book on it. I wrote the book on it. It's called Marketing for Dummies. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, no, that's all I can really think of. All right, sick, sick. Uh, we'll move into the comic books. Books. See, actually, I'll go first. We'll stay in uh, Greg Rucka town. Um, we we got it. We here. We we finally done it. We are at the finale. Of Greg Rucka oh and my, <laughs> oh my I just realized it's happening. Yeah, right? yeah. oh yeah, it's, it's that time. Uh, Greg Rucka and Mike Perkins's Lois Lane, the uh, twelve issue maxi series that's been going on this last year, and to no one's surprise, we do not get the answers. Hell yeah, to the questions that we had. But in typical Greg Rucka fashion. I still like the ending. Excellent. You know, and the whole time I was reading it, I was ready to not like it because <laughs> I felt it not answering my questions. And I was like, you know what, you piece of shit. You're not even gonna try, are you? No. And he like he he didn't really. He he kinda let he kinda lets you fill in the gaps. Okay. Which is <sighs> right. <laughs> still kind of shitty for me personally. I'm probably gonna, you know, feel feel fine about it later on. Yeah. But the real point and the real takeaway from this was that the entire time this was going on, we thought Lois Lane... We're, we're trying to figure out what Lois Lane was trying to uncover. Right. But the real story was what Lois Lane already knew. She wanted to uncover this story and uncover the details for everyone else to know. And mm. the story itself was Lois Lane, we find, was writing this book this entire time. And the book was detailing the existence of the multiverse. Okay. And she was publishing this book for the public. Huh, okay. So essentially Lois Lane is coming to the public and acknowledging the fact that there is a multiverse out there. There are <laughs> parallel timelines that exist. <laughs> like people this, need to know. This, well, essentially. So so the whole time we so it's weird. So all these times we we're, we're going we're following we're following Lois. She's picking up clues on, you know, assassination attempts and you know, government dealings and all this stuff. This was all a facade of her trying to get information about Renee Montoya, the kiss of death, um, Lady Midnight or whatever her name is, and <laughs> and um, Sister Clarice the Nun. Because all these characters are in some way connected to a interdimensional fracture that has occurred throughout the crises. Nice. Or crises. 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 And... Uh, like I said, Lois Lane was doing this to confirm to herself that these people were other people in these different universes. And, and right, yeah, I know, I know, it's a lot. And and so thus confirming her theories about the multiverse yes. so that she can then go and publish them to the pub for public consumption and say, This is my understanding of the multiverse as a human. Because right. she acknowledges the fact that these superheroes, they go out and do this multiversal shit every day. Right. So I had to do it in a way that I understood it. So right, here's yeah. how I understand it from my perspective. Hopefully, as a reporter, one of the best reporters, if not the best reporter in the history of reporting, yeah. I feel like I should be the one to break this down for the public. So in that sense, I really, really dug it. Also, they're opening up a center. The nun is opening up a center for people who are experiencing changes 
in them based on uh, these dimensional fractures. Mm. So I thought this was kind of a play on um, what Tom King thought he was doing in Heroes in Crisis. Gotcha. With the with the mental health um, issues that were going on with the heroes. Right. Maybe this place can serve as a place like that, and we chalk up these issues with the heroes based on these fractures, these dimensional fractures that have occurred throughout the changing of their characters via crisis. Right. Huh. Very cool. So that was that was the finale of Lois Lane. I have no idea it, how guys. Renee Montoya ends up making out with the assassin whose head used to be a skull. Whatever, We dude. just did some hand-wavy magic bullshit, and now they're just together in the end. Yeah, love always finds a way, Chris. Th- th- they almost said that exactly <laughs> in here. They almost said that exactly yeah, I hate here. that I sign off on that. <laughs> but yes, that, that, yes. Anyways, I dug it. It was weird. If, if you read the whole thing... Once you get to around issue nine, you're going to start wondering if you, sh- if you should keep reading. Keep reading. Issues one through eight, fire, fire. Amazing. Nice. Issues, <laughs> issues nine through 12, what the hell, but you like it. Well, how can you not read after that? I yeah. mean, that's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah, sorry I spent so much time on that, but like no. that, was the, that was the finale, and I just I had to, had to break it down. We made guys. it, folks. We're here. Well, then. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Batman 94 hardly seems to, seems to hold up to that, <laughs> considering that it was filler. I'm just kidding. It wasn't filler. There was a lot of good information. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, as it did feel very much like a hard, like, we're transitioning into an event now. Yes. Or at least like a big arc. Um, yes. What we were talking about before is ending now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this is... So I'm okay with that, actually. Because, it, it, again, it feels like a natural... Instead of having a Joker War starting... Joker War has begun. There is this middle piece here that kind of like carries us over. It helps close out some of the stuff from the previous arc with the designer. It helps build stakes with the new arc for the Joker War. And um, so I really enjoyed that, uh, actually. Um, We got some insight that we rarely kind of get into like almost, I would almost call it year one Bruce Mm -hmm. or year zero Bruce. Yes, yes, Um, it was very fun. Seeing him as, you know, trying to get his shit together pre-Batman um, talking with the, uh, the the man who lost to the designer initially, mm-hmm, the detective mm-hmm. there, and getting some hints and watching him crawl over to the to the chair, bloodied and beaten, yeah. and it just kind of like it was a nice doubling down on like everything is really fucked for Batman right now. Yeah. Like Catwoman is a wall thanks to the Cobblepot team, right? Um, which I guess were the best. Um, <laughs> Alfred's still dead, sick. Uh, money still gone, yeah. sick. Lucius now in the wind. Oh, yeah. New problem. Um, the <laughs> world is against him. I also, I think my favorite thing about this is they really, really, really tried to put the idea of a Joker attack into perspective. Yeah. Everybody's fucking terrified yeah. at the prospect yeah. of a Joker attack. Yeah, everyone's like, all right, dude, he's doing this, doing this, doing that, and he's already done this, so we're going to stay here. Literally. Like, I, they would probably sell, you know, like in the 50s, they sold they're like Red Scare MacArthurism. They sold yeah. all the bunkers, right? Yeah. For the Cold War. Yeah. I bet you people sell bunkers to Gothamites. For the Joker, for Joker War. Wars. Yeah, dude. You know, it's That's like, oh, here thing. comes the Joker. Like, hit the Joker bunker, everybody, so we yeah. don't get laughing fish thrown down our throats. You got to cash in your Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, dude. Hey. That was good. Thank you. Um, 
so yeah, I like I really like how they played it up where villains and heroes alike are like terrified at the idea of what is about to occur. Yeah. And so we have nice high built stakes and we finish strong with this just epic Batman splash. I know you've read this, but okay, like, so come on, dude. So we got we got I got I gotta talk about this. Cause I know you're gonna like this, but I got a couple gripes with this. Okay, is it the guy he's holding cape? It's it's the whole I will become a better bat line. He's gonna become a better bat, dude. I didn't like that one. Nah, it's kind of. It was a little strange. I it, it was forced. It was kind of weird. Um, I also had an issue with the um, the art towards the end of the book got a little wonky. Namely, the uh, the nine, the three by three. I could see that um, with him talking to Catwoman. I thought that was a weird choice. Yeah, there was some for that scene. I agree, and we uh, we're switching artists, aren't we? Correct? Yes, Jorge Jimenez. Jimenez. Yep, hey, yep. Oh, the will boy. finally be on the book. The art has been so stellar in this book. Yeah, I was gonna say speaking. it was strange that it felt like this because I know a lot of people. I forget the the name of the artist that's been doing mostly art on this run, but a lot of people had some hesitation about him going into it. But I thought his art had been very strong and like pretty damn good throughout. So yeah. it was weird that it kind of kind of felt you know iffy towards the end of this book. But like that's a that's a small gripe, you know, for, yeah. for this for this run. So now I remember what you're talking about with the three by three. One day he's on the cell phone, yes. or whatever. Okay, so yeah, this was a bit jarring, just because like our panel work and style up to this point has been not like not super out there, like George Williams out there, but definitely more unique. It's definitely yes. been taking risks with its panel work. They've definitely been using the panel work to accent more than, you know, you would expect. Absolutely. So you have a lot of playing with it. Big expressive panels with smaller ones full of dialogue or facial expressions and stuff like that. You know, like big action shots with smaller ones of of uh, faces and stuff. Moving yeah. the plot along. So this was a little bit jarring to see two pages of 3x3 three three like this. But, you know, like we always we talked about in the past how like the 3x3 three three setting is is you know is dated for a reason. It's right. kind of like a throwback in that sense, and then right. it also feels very cinematic because it's like just quickly moving between frames. Almost since it's all standardized, it's looking right. like looking at a screen. Right. So maybe that was the goal. Maybe the goal was like yeah. read the words, think about the emotions, don't think as much about like everything else, like feel. Right. You know? But still, I can totally understand how you do those pages, and then this next, the next few pages, yeah, then it goes right back to the very yeah. jarring. It's so out there. It's so very out there. Very jarring. Um, which I mean, there's probably someone who would say it's jarring for a reason, nerd, because they want to blah blah blah. Probably. But then at the same yeah. time, it's like, well, you can have things be the way they are, but if they don't execute properly, like I can sit there and tell you all day long that I wrote a song for this reason, do these things. Right. But if that's not, if it didn't work. Then right. it doesn't really matter. Right. And so clearly both have an issue with it. It didn't really work right. to the best it could have. Yeah, we always talk about intent versus execution. Absolutely. You yeah. know, you can have the best intentions in the world, like Kant would say, but you're, you know, right. the actual actions matter here. So, yeah, that was a little bit of a weird line. Also, the fact that you said it out loud instead of in the men mental bubble is a little strange. <laughs> yes, very strange. It also was a strange idea. Also, like, it was just. A couple strange choices down the stretch, but in the end, like you said, solid way to end this run and then go into the Joker War. I, yeah. I don't know of a better way you could possibly have handled this particular situation. I totally agree. Um, it builds up the stakes. It, this issue specifically does a really great job of what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Like, for its intention, it's stellar, you know? As a overall Batman book, in the scope of the designer arc and with the Joker War coming... It's probably going to be one of those things that's kind of glossed over, forgotten. Right, right, of course. But, you know, that's the, that's kind of the fate of these things. Yeah. So the fact that it was good enough as it was is a win. Yep. Um, 
in a similar vein, uh, I'm going to go into Steve Orlando's Wonder Woman. This is actually his final issue. Swan song, right? Yep, yeah. yep. Final issue of Wonder Woman, kind of, sort of, until the Wonder Woman yeah. annual um, in a month or so, which he, she is writing. I'll get into that probably in the next pod or so. But so in this, we get an end to our four horsewomen storyline. Uh, it kind of ends how you expect. Diana talk no jutsu is the Phantom Stranger yeah. into letting uh, Paula Van Gunther go. Also, talk no jutsu himself into leaving the place. <laughs> so that was <laughs> that was pretty dope. <laughs> the so she starts talking to Paula, and Paula's like, uh, "I don't really know what to believe in anymore, but I know if I'm gonna come to a solution, I'm gonna have to do it here." Like on Themyscira yeah. as a way to one like kind of repent for my crimes we're going to help the Themyscirian people help the Amazons but I'm also going to use this time to to heal and to learn and to grow from you know these other strong women you know who I've right. who I've held in negative regard for so long but now I can view in a positive light based on the encounters that I've had with them rehabilitation should be way more essential in our criminal justice system and criminal justice systems abroad. There's, there's literally a line I thought was perfect. This is I like a big reason why I've been loving Steve Orlando's run, just cause I feel like he has a great voice for Diana. I'm of course I'm not going to, oh, here you go. Um, I was just to offer patience, not punishment. Mm, there you go. That's is that, is that easy. That's it. That's how you, uh, that's how you make a better society. Yep. That is <laughs> how you heal people. So I thought that was dope. Um, but the real big takeaways from this issue were the things that Steve, Steve kind of shoved into the bag after the whole Phantom Stranger Paula thing happened. One, we get the reintroduction of the Amazonian um, embassy that Phil Jimenez tried to introduce um, some years ago that was kind of pushed to the side or gotten rid of because of, you know, changes in continuity or right. whatever. Things. Things happen. Comic books. So Steve Orlando is bringing that back, the Amazonian embassy. He also has brought back. So if, if the Amazonian embassy is a plus for me, negative, he has brought back Wonder Woman's brother. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I already blanking on this fucker's name. I think it's like Jeff. Jeff. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> now it's better. His name's Jason. He's the son of Zeus. He's also a demigod of course, type thing. Like Jason the Argonauts. Yeah. Uh Steve Orlando's also decided to well, so he he is he appears to be gesturing for him to be bisexual here, but gotcha. Steve has confirmed online that he is at the very least queer. He won't confirm if he's bisexual, but he is saying that he is queer. Gotcha. So <laughs> And everyone kind of had the same stance on this. Like, okay, so you kind of spent a lot of talky-talky time with Phantom Stranger and Diana. You shoved the Amazon embassy thing in, and then you shoved the whole Jason's queer thing at the end here. And then that's the end of your, like, you know what is, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's a bit weird. Anticlimactic, maybe. Yeah, and it's weird because this run was probably like six or seven issues. I would have been perfectly fine with one of those being dedicated to everything in the back of this one. Sure. Like, if you had one of those be half of them about the Amazonian embassy and the other half being about Jason, I would have been fine with that. Yeah. But it's literally one page where Jason, like, pops back up and is next to the mm. dude that he's with. And then we get a glance at the Dark Fates talking about, you know, his fate or whatever. Gotcha. And then now we're going into a new run with Mariko Tamaki and, you know, whatever she's going to do, which are not going to, it's not going to connect to this in the slightest. Yeah. 
So yeah, well, it was it was fun. Like I said, uh, we get the conclusion, which was which was nice. I, it was a fun story. Uh, get the Amazonian embassy back, which is nice. Jason's back. Don't really care for that. So we get a plus plus minus in for Steve Orlando's run, which is which is okay. It's a net gain, uh, essentially. Nice. Essentially, I'll I'll take it as a win. Um, we all know that Steve Orlando probably should have been on the book longer, longer, or you know, for whatever reasons, he decided to become a free agent, take his talents elsewhere. He's going to be doing other things. Couldn't be on the Wonder Woman title, so ended up having to get off the book relatively early. Yeah. So that's you know that's why I think the run kind of ended this way and only kind of had this one main arc to it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Well. Speaking of Wonder Woman, <laughs> Dead Planet Wonder Woman oh, is the shit, scariest dude. thing I've heard. Maybe this, ever. I've heard this book was fire. This book is fire, <laughs> dude. So continuing on with um, with uh, Tom Taylor, Harrison, who else is on this? Like, yeah, who's geez. on the art for that? Oh yeah, I should probably shout out the uh, artist on Wonder Woman. Go for it, uh, Lupacini. Uh, Emanuela Lupacini, because I want to say they also did a fill-in on another um, Wonder Woman issue that was very well done. So shout out to them. Gotcha. And this was um, Tom Taylor, obviously, and then pencils with Trevor Harrison, inks by Gigi Baldessini and Stefano Guadiano. Okay. And then colors by Rain Barreto. I don't know. Never any of those names. Interesting. Anyway, they all did a really fucking good job on this book. (laughs) It looks fantastic. It looks really, really good. Um, Also, most important thing, this Blade Runner variant cover. I know they've been doing the movie poster covers for a while. There was that Full Metal Jacket one on Mm -hmm. the second issue of Unkillables. This is the best one. Uh, mainly <laughs> this because is the best one <laughs> for so many reasons. I don't even know where to start. The fact that John Constantine is the is the Rachel from uh, from Blade Runner on this yes, that's is, good. is maybe the best part actually. Yes. But because um, he's just a moody man, he's a moody little gal. Hell yeah. So, um, but yeah, really great cover, and then just a phenomenal book. Like it's got all the cool stuff you want liked from Deceased and all the Dead Universe prior to it. Right. The twists and turns. The unexpected developments happening rapidly. Right. Um, really great writing, really great dialogue, great framing of characters, a good understanding of what makes them interesting, and the one of my favorite Damian Wayne kind of uh, kind of takes on because he's just straight up Batman right yeah, now. He's straight up Batman right now, yeah. but he's like we don't know exactly how far this Damian Wayne Batman is willing to go. Right. Like there is there's a little bit of playfulness that we can I would like to. Uh, tribute somehow to like the Super Sons run that we oh, had yeah. between him and John, yeah, which is really fantastic. Love that, and it's like it's like the playfulness that you see in Superman and Batman on occasion, like the TV shows, yeah, but like finally realized really well in comics, and nice. I really love it because you can tell there's that relationship between the two of them, and there's like a really meaningful bond there because Damien wants to just go all out, you know, hundred percent, right. and then John is just stopping. John is like. He knows how to tug Damien's leash in a right way where it doesn't feel like he's tugging a leash. Right. It feels more like he's consoling a friend or right. advising a friend and saying, hey, man, we got we to gotta take it back a step. Yeah. So I really love their characterization. There is no breaks on this. <laughs> I don't know if there ever was breaks. Um, <laughs> Jesus, it starts at like 80 and then it ends at like 120. Hell yeah, dude. It just goes. And like, I don't know how much spoiler stuff you've seen, but it's like freaking crazy what they're willing to do also this green lantern this green canary dinah oh yeah yeah i've been seeing so some stuff about awesome. that hell yeah so awesome so it picks up in a great spot i think it's five years after 
um, if I remember correctly. Five years after the, the events um, of Deceased? Yes. Okay. If I remember. So we have some, like, there. you're feeling a lot of the ramifications of it. Some things have gotten worse. Some things have gotten better okay. as far as our heroes are, are um, so it's been, um, it's really good. And I'm really excited for the next one. So. Hell yeah. Strongly advise. Also, Old Lois is pretty great, too, in this. <laughs> I'm enjoying her. And her, Ollie and Dinah, I mean, it's actually just every page I turn is just good. Like, the more I think about it, there's little things like Kilowog in right. this is fantastic, too. And he's barely in it. I, a lot of people have been saying, and the more I think about it, I feel like it's true as well. Some people have been saying the reason why DC's got the green light for this this next go-round was because a lot of people envisioned that this could have been what they had in mind for, for, 5G. for 5G. Yes. Holy smokes. Yep. You know what? Taking that into consideration, I can absolutely see it. Yep. Because I've... Uh, I really like it. Because <laughs> like, I really like it. Like, if this could if this could have been how 5G was, I I think that there could have been some success. Now, the problem is, um, I don't want to see John as Superman and and Damien as Batman for oh, you, an extended you, period of time. Oh no, you can't now. So having them like in having this book to go to, like I remember when you compared it to the Ultimates universe, I'm like that's yeah. an interesting comparison. But yeah. If that's what it kind of ends up being, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's actually. sick. That's sick you as know, fuck. This <laughs> is like a dark ass book, but it's like really good, and it's yeah. really it's different enough with these characters that we know and love. So yeah, go buy it. It's good. Um, big fan. You got any other DC stuff over there? Because I, I have, have. I only have DC. Okay, because I don't have any other more DC stuff. So let's get them out of the you way. Want to run them. Okay. Yeah, well, we this next, around. we got one more Batman book to get out of the way for all of you people who love Batman. And uh, this one's a little tough for me because I just feel. Oh, do you want to talk about this one? Yeah, no, I feel t- I f- I'm fine with talking about it. It's just more the situation surrounding it. It's Batman's great with right, everyone yeah. else. Well, that's and why I like, want to know if you want to talk about it. I don't know. I don't really want to give a platform to that, right? Because of everything that's ongoing right now, and things seem to be just kind of getting worse, really, mm-hmm. with um, with one else's situation. So I'll just really briefly say that it it executes on some of the ideas that's brought up in the past really well. It pushes the story forward in a great way. We are starting to get some major developments as to who is doing these things with Batman and why they're doing these things with Batman. Because this is eight, right? This is eight. So okay. we're moving towards twelve. Is you know it's only twelve yeah. series. So yeah. um, it starts off very dark with a Batman torturing a guy, the, the guy that he got last time, and he doesn't technically torture him. He just like tricks him into thinking he's being tortured. He doesn't save, which is the, yeah, which is kind of tantamount to torturing somebody anyway. Like it's like oh, you didn't actually melt your legs off. It just felt like it. I'm like well, right. I don't know, man. I don't think that, <laughs> I don't know about that one, Chief. Right. But um, the art, at least I can talk about that by um, Hitch. Uh, was it Brian Hitch? I think it is Brian. Um, Hitch. Brian Hitch is stellar. Yeah. Like really stellar. Action oh yeah. Oh still. yeah. I mean, it's just it's just been good. Gotham cops are cops, and they're really screwed up. Ill. And Batman's. I mean, Alfred's sassy, and that's great. Love and Batman is the warden of Arkham Asylum now. And I want to see what that means. So that should be its own thing. I totally agree. That should be a whole thing. I totally, totally agree with that. Like seeing him, like literally look at this final page with him sitting at the desk and just says warden in front of him. Okay, that's okay. That's, <laughs> that's pretty good. It's, that's, it's I'm so, not going to lie, that's pretty good. It's so high level because the former warden has been killed in a brutal manner. Right. So um, it's hard for me to tell you to buy this considering the the stipulations around it and all the, the situation that's still un, unfolding, but... It is still good, you right. know, for better or for worse. It, I'm going to probably see it through to the end. I don't know how I feel about spending money on that, but right. I'm so far into it, I do just kind of want to know what it is. And I think that 
if you're analytical and you're critical and you're understanding about the nature of artists, because you, there's a lot of art that we've all consumed that has been made, we find out later, by artists with less than stellar ethics, it's unfortunately. True. like It's hard to separate the art from the artist, and sometimes you really can't. But I'm going to just try with right. this for as long as I can while still speaking about how he has clearly made mistakes and right. needs to be held accountable. The the I'll also say that there are other people involved with the book. Yes, absolutely. And I want to support yeah. them. I want to support DC. I want to yeah. support Brian Hitch. I want to support the guys doing the lettering. I want to support everything else about yeah. that. Yeah, there are other people involved with the book and we don't know that situation. So it would be unfair to them as well. You know, absolutely to, agree. Yeah, for stuff to make, you know, uh, Big movements like that, I should say. I totally agree. Yeah, you got to be cautious with the canceling stuff because there is a lot of other people's livelihoods and names on this book. Especially in a town like this. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, if you've been reading it, it's still very good. If you haven't read it, I don't know if I want to suggest you jumping on it per se, but right. you would. there's a lot worse books out there for sure. Right. Next up, the book of perfection. Justice League Odyssey. I was about to say, is it uh, J-Lo? Yeah, you know it's J-Lo. And we finally got, you know how you've been talking, how much you want that that um, Gamma Knife deep dive, Yes, dude. dude is this I, it? This is it. Oh, dude. my God. The one oh time I don't read it before the pod <laughs> is the Gamma Knife the deep splash, dive. Dude, that's oh, the first shit. page. Okay, that's good. So they did a really um, decent, they did a pretty good job actually making Gamma Knife into something I really want to do, want to know more about. Or okay. at least giving her the depth that I, I needed to actually care. To say that she's going on. been on the team for a, a whole arc, like a whole volume yes. at this point, and yes. we still don't know that much about her is kind of wild so this is it dan abnett cliff richards ryan uh, or excuse me rain barreto they finally give us the information on gamma knife she is in fact as it said on the tin the last of the space rangers or so she believes her dad was a space ranger okay and she is a space ranger and she's out there in space doing what the green lantern Corps won't do doing what just sleek won't do um <laughs> is that what she said kind of um it's more that she's basically filling in the cracks where interstellar law enforcement is unwilling to help she's like a regulator dude she rolls in with a shotgun on her hip and she just puts down bad guys that are killing planets fuck she's yeah pretty dude. Dope, right hell yeah she got a robot they got a big robot friend which i'm assuming gets broken down into smaller robots later because here's the crazy part <gasps> we find out the the whole actual kind of important thing that's as far as story where in the world is jessica cruz oh that's right because she got yeeted off yeah by she Epoch. got yeeted off <laughs> by so and of course the real question isn't where but when it is when oh wait are you serious yes it is <laughs> and and epoch epic picked the best time to do it he sent her back to the period where all the lanterns were gone and it was just rainer oh my god high fucking level okay iq play 300 shit. galaxy brain shit that's good um absolutely so she's like well, I don't know what to do. I can't travel time to get back to where I need to be. I don't have any other lanterns I can call on. I don't even know if I can get a hold of Kyle Rayner, let alone he's going to know who she is. What you the know? fuck, dude? So, so okay. So, okay. This is wild. You know yes. why this is crazy? Because I was just, oops, I was just doing some research today. Let's hear it. Um, I, don't, don't ask me how I got down to, to in, this, in this rabbit hole, but I was trying to figure out who was on the latest rendition of the Titans team. It was okay. It was Kyle Rayner. Yeah, Kyle Rayner was on Titan, like in the Titans book, the not Teen Titans, the book, right? They labeled Titans. Yes. It was Kyle Rayner, Raven. Yeah. Um, Steel Two. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Miss Martian. Okay. Donna Troy. Yes. And Beast Boy. Okay. And I want to say someone else. And uh, Kyle Rayner had showed up. He shows up in, in their store because Nightwing goes off to do whatever the fuck. I'm pretty sure it's to go get shot in the head. <laughs> but in comes Kyle Rayner to the rescue. <laughs> we find a less important pretty boy to throw in here for a minute, I guess. But you want to know how this all kind of circles around. Yeah, let's hear it. You know who was writing that Titans run? Um, is it Dan Abbott? Yes. Oh, my God. That's is, funny, dude. It is Dan Abbott. He's he's been the one who's been kind of he's been writing JLO since I want to say issue like six. Yeah, yeah, for a minute. Yeah, that's very interesting. So confirmed, Dan Abbott loves Cal Rayner. Quick shout out to the artist boy. And this can mean one of two things: either Cal Rayner has finally found his place in the DC universe. Oh, your book's about to end. Dude, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what happened to Titans. The old Rainer curse. Um, but yeah, so that's when she sent back. And um, with and there's this whole like timey-wimey Doctor Who thing where it's like, you don't know who I am yet. And she doesn't go, but she goes by Susie Star or whatever, like the absolutely ridiculous name that, yeah, it is Susie Star with two R's. Hell yeah. Um, she's like a porn star. I know, right? There's a little, yeah, dude, right? The last Space Ranger. Um, and she's like... Yeah, she rolls into like the space cantina, all Star Wars style, and course, she's dude. like, "Yeah, I'm here to put you guys down for the murder of planets and shit." And they're like, "Oh, that's weird because like we murder planets, so this is kind of a bad idea for you." And she's like, "I got you, motherfuckers!" And then she doesn't. She does not have them, Jeez. and she almost gets her ass whooped. And then thank God that Jessica Cruz shows up, shooting a mega beams out of a freaking landing ring or whatever she does, and so oh, she helps yeah. her. And there's this whole thing that occurs where it's like, well, I know you as Gamma Knife, but you're Susie Star right now. And there's the whole thing is like, I don't know you like that yet, and you know, we'll meet in the future. But it's like, I don't, this is also random. But it's like, no, it's actually supposed to happen. This is it, dude. This is this is Sineki. This is the moment. Yeah. This is the meeting. Why I do the things? <laughs> this in the is future. the moment. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, about this one. And then she's like, okay, you know, I've never met you before and none of this really makes sense to me but i'm gonna risk my life to send you back to the future and that's what this episode or this what this episode this is this issue is about hell yeah is um Susie helping get jessica cruz back to the future so she can deal with epic um the wow. success of that future jump is not detailed <laughs> we also don't know if she dies Hell yeah. And by she, I mean anybody in the Perfect. Book? <laughs> <laughs> by she, I mean anybody. Really, any person here could be dead, um, which is great. Um, it was really fun to read. It was great, and it was much, much, much needed characterization for, um, for Gamma Knife. So it'll be cool to see her uh, die in the next few issues. Yeah. Because I'm assuming that's what this is for. Yep. So we're setting up that, um, but... <laughs> But if she survives, then you know maybe she has a chance to make it into more fourth world properties in the future because that's kind of her whole thing. She's out there kind of doing a sojourner thing mm. out in space, yeah, in the, the far reaches of the shit end of the galaxy, right? Just dealing with criminals no one else wants to deal with. That'd be pretty sick. So yeah, I yeah. think that'd be actually kind of a cool team up story. With, Roll her um, in, dude. Figure yeah. it out. Gamma knife and uh, sojourner. Sojourner. That'd far sector. <laughs> Two. Electric boogaloo. Oh shit! Don't get me started. And I know you're about to go off, but I got to do this one. Oh, oh shit. The legend yeah, dude, of, absolutely. The Legend of the Green Lantern, Season 2, Issue 5. Hyperman, Wanted Dead or Alive. <laughs> so this is something I was meaning to Google. <laughs> and honestly, at this point... This book should just come with like a wiki open for you. Like, I'm <laughs> just what the fuck you yes. possibly be talking about. Yes, honestly, it's so 
I mean, because I know this is important. I know this hyper family with is important. I know that they they are powerful as all hell, and that they have this rich comic book history that probably really flourished in the Silver Age or something like that. And I just I'm not gonna bullshit. I just don't know who they are. <laughs> I don't understand the stakes of it, but I know they're ridiculously powerful. Like when this woman just almost destroyed a lantern what the hell? with her laser eyes. Also, what is this art? Right? So that was the other thing that I realized. This very specific stylization, again, a callback to Silver Age style. Yeah, very much so. still our boy Liam, Liam Sharp. Sharp, who is just Jeez, a dude. force of nature <laughs> as an artist. I just am so impressed with him. But... um. Also, most important, we got Salt Boy to show up again. Oh, sick. Best Lantern. Um, still Salt seeing those Lantern. little weird random callbacks from the first uh, season. First oh, season uh, and like our uh, our Black Stars interval yeah. or whatever you want to call that intermission. So this book is a whole lot of insanity. Um, Hyperman is powerful. Everyone else in the Hyper family, also powerful. They have a sick-ass dog named Calypso, the Hyper Dog, which is way cooler than Crypto the Super Dog. To be honest, they got a fight now. And he almost, oh, I would so watch that. And he almost <laughs> kills our boy Hal until a super cat with wings shows up and takes out this dog. And I feel like I'm supposed to know the cat because it's like one of those moments <laughs> that's very, and it's like, if I told you this was a cat, would you believe me? No, what the fuck is that? That's, that's the cat, dude. That's literally, dude, that's literally like a, the cat. Looks like a bird boy. It's something, it's, it's out of control, dude. It's, and Hal knows him. Like, Hal is aware <laughs> of the cat. Anyway, this cat bird thing with its friends or sisters or I don't know, man. They kill the dog. And then Hyperman is pissed because, like, you don't kill the dog. Like, anyway, so there's a hyper war coming. And I, <laughs> I'm going to need a month to just read up on the lore of this. Dude, because honestly, I just don't understand what's happening. In the I movie. just love the way Hyperman sounds. Oh, because dude, and just, he's looking. Look at the size That's of the That's what lad. I'm saying. It sounds like one of those, like you said, bullshit Silver Age characters. Yeah. But it's cool as fuck. <laughs> 100%. And he is, he's got a dope outfit with triangles on it. It's all, it's red and purple and black, which is cool. Hell yeah. So there's all kinds of crazy stuff. And then the Guardians show up at the end and Boa Guardians <laughs> show up at the end. They're like, because he was like trapped in a time bubble. And they're basically like, yeah, prepare for the hyper war. And I'm like... <sighs> Jeez, okay. <laughs> or Ultra War or whatever. It's just, it's happening. Hyperman, prepare for the Ultra War. It's just, it's a lot. Jeez, it's a lot. Because Hal, like, Hal almost dies and the ring almost dies. And it's a whole thing. And I'm like, and the ring almost I'm like, dies. why are you finding these people, Hal? And That's good. Anyway, so I'm going to do some Googling and I'll get back to you on the next one. Next, so I can tell you what the hell Hyperman is or Ultra Man or all these things. The Ultra War, the Hyper War, the Calypso, the. <laughs> It feels like I'm having a seizure or a stroke. <laughs> like, I don't. So basically, it's a 10 out of 10 is what I'm trying to tell you. You know, they say that Green Lantern Season 2 is a fever dream, but in space. <laughs> it feels like, yeah, this is like Stanley Kubrick <laughs> tried to write a comic book. It's great is what I'm trying to it's tell you. Great. <laughs> so yeah, that's it for, uh, for DC land. Jeez. Check in next week. <laughs> what a note to end. I know, right? DC. I don't know why I decided to finish with that one. <laughs> that was good. I loved it. <laughs> All right. Uh, switching over to Marvel. We only got one Marvel book. Uh, X-Force. Benjamin Percy and uh, Joshua Cassera on there the art. Uh, if you guys don't remember, because it's been a minute since uh, X-Force 9 came out, Beast has tasked our X-Force team consisting of Wolverine, Domino, and Kid Omega 
to go uh, check on Tierra Verde, which is a fictional South, South American country that was developing these plants that were essentially able to mimic the effects of the Cocoan drug that the X-Men have been uh, selling to the United States and I, I think around the world, actually. Yeah. Okay. They've been selling around the world. So obviously the X-Men wanted to shut that down because they didn't want this place, you know, moving in on their business. Right. So we find out through uh, some backlogs that Beast is actually the reason why the Terra Verde place kind of went off the went off the rails. The the uh, foliage, the shrubbery, nice. It's it's become sentient. You know, it's as take, it does. As it does, you know, it, it does the things where it comes alive. <laughs> <laughs> it takes over all the people, of course. And so they're like, okay, we might have to go and actually fix this situation. And we quit. <laughs> right. So Wolverine and Kid Omega and Domino, they realize they, they're they a bit, you know, outmatched. On right. This. Like, we, they thought they came in to, you know, handle some business, you know, bang them up style. Not, <laughs> not fight, you know. Had to use their brains. Yeah, yeah, no, not yet. <laughs> they ended up having to fight a sentient plant. I'll show you how, check that out, how Kid Omega's getting fucked up right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, roasted him. Absolutely. Oh my, that's pretty brutal. Oh yeah. So, um, so Beast was trying to do this on the low. He wasn't uh, letting the other, um, the, uh, the the brains of the operations know what was going on. Uh, Jean Grey had to find out about the situation. So once she found out, she along with Sage and Black Tom Cassidy go to Terra Verde. And pretty much coal the situation by getting into the mind of the plant and uh, thinking it back. It feels like uh, there was some other. Th- it was written way better than I'm explaining it. The actual <laughs> narrative going on with the story was actually very well done by Benjamin Percy. But in essence, they they thunk <laughs> the, the the shrubbery down away from the people, and you know they they shut down the the hive mind that had been developing. By the plants. Goodness, dude. Yeah, that's, this all happened. But the real, the real takeaway from all this was uh, Wolverine confirming that uh, Colossus is packing, like his, his member. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That. That. Yeah. Now. He, okay. Yeah. You know, this he says, is the hard lore. I've no. Been yeah. Looking he says that. Let's. Let's. Let me. Let me get the exact quote. I mean, I feel like that was kind of like. You know, it was understood it had to be explained, but Wolverine didn't get that memo, so he felt the need to explain. Well, thank God. Yeah, Gene says, uh, maybe you should reach out to Colossus. He's got a big heart. And then Wolverine says, he's got a big everything. Nice. Confirmed. So that was good. He's got a big butt crack. And then, uh, yeah, then Wolverine and Gene Gray. Oh, yeah, also, sorry. <laughs> before they get busy in the hot tub, Gene nice. Gray uh, essentially quits. X Force. She doesn't quit X Men, but she quits the X Force team. Which, uh, if you don't know, X Force is the uh, covert ops team that goes in and kind of handles the the nitty gritty. There's a Suicide Squad. Gotcha. Essentially, she was on that team, and now she's off the team because she quit. She told Beast like, "Hey, man, if you're gonna be doing you know backhanded shit behind us, then I don't want to be doing this because our job is to be backhanded. So if you're lying to us, then." Who else are you lying to? Like, right, how many yeah. lies could you possibly be telling if you're lying to the people that are supposed to be lying? Damn. <laughs> Deep. So, yeah, so that that was cool that Gene Gray was able to, like, you know, kind of have that stance on it to say, <laughs> you know, I can, I'm going to help the X-Men, but not yeah. like this. Because hmm. if you're going to handle it like this, then I'm gonna, not going to be a part of it. All right. Nah, that's cool. Yeah, so that was the big takeaway from that one. Um, like I said, that was all I had for Marvel. 
go into image excellence number eight from brandon thompson and Kyrie randolph uh, it's on eight yeah wow yeah it's on eight um first one i first volume was a smash you know right C- yeah, critical yeah, yeah. reception was crazy everyone loved it next arc you know this is the second issue of the, of the second arc um so we're picking it up spencer our protagonist he is fully committed to battling the ages which are the group that controls the magic in you know in this in this world everyone is like saying you don't you don't got this they're, they're trying in every, you know, way. Some people being nice, some people being up front with them. Some people are kind of, right. you know, sneaking some. But they're right. saying, you don't got this. We know you've been studying. You know you've been working hard. We know you, you know, trying to prove it to your father who disowned you because you don't yeah. want to be the kind of wizard that, you know, he wants you to be. It doesn't matter. You know, this is this is above you. This is bigger than you. And he was like, you know what? Everybody keeps saying that. <laughs> that's why That's why all you get that. But, but he's for real. That's why you, you guys are stuck here. Because you keep mm. you keep thinking that mindset yeah. that you should be in this position. You got to think yourself, you know, free essentially. Right, right. So the the big uh, issue in this issue was him going. Make, oh my god, what's the homie's name? It's Desmond something. No, Daquan Hill, who is essentially the head of security for the Ages, mm-hmm. and him and Spencer, our protagonist, have a weird relationship. It's kind of one of those. I'm a bully, but I'm also looking out for you, kind of things like that tough love, but yeah, like frenemies. Also, yeah, yeah, big, yeah, 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 big frenemy energy. So he starts to interrogate him and saying, "Hey, you know, you've been moving kind of funny. We need to investigate some of your actions because he's also, like I said, the head of security for gotcha. the agents. So we're going to investigate your wine, investigate some of your movements, and blah blah blah, blah and we're going to you know, break it down to us. And he knows that Spencer's been up to something. But Spencer's done a good job of hiding it, but also he starts to reveal what his plans are because he knows mm-hmm. uh, uh, Daquan's real, but he also knows that he's kind of working for the man. Right. So he's essentially saying to him, like, I'm going to do this. Like, I know you're not going to help me, but, like, don't get in my way. Gotcha. And Daquan is essentially saying, you know what? If I do this, I just need to know that you're real enough not to throw me under the bus. Because mm. this is me saying that I may or may not stop you. <laughs> right. Hypothetically speaking. Right. But depending on if I do or don't, what are you going to do? <laughs> Love it. Right. So that that was that was the fun here. Um and the, the they they play on age a lot. I don't know why. Um I haven't figured that part out yet, but today in this issue was Spencer's birthday. He was 18, he turned 19 in this issue. Um they haven't made a big deal about it, but I feel like it's going to become a big deal because mm-hmm. they made just enough to to note it. Right. So I thought that was interesting, um, considering they, they kind of noted every other time that gotcha. he's 18. So uh, there was also another thing in here that I don't want to really get into because I don't want to make too much of a jump because I don't know that much about the book yet. But if it's what I think it is, it's very strange. I'm going to show you this. Just that page right there. That's how the book starts on the on the left, actually. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just assumed that was like an ad. Right. Exactly. So now keep now now flip now flip into the book until you get to the page. You'll you'll know you'll know when you see it. It's the one that doesn't look like the other ones. <laughs> mm, great art. Oh oh my god. You know what I mean? So I don't I don't want to make <laughs> I don't want to make that jump yet. This man is wearing a red hat <laughs> with a golf club. Yeah. He's well, no, the, that's that, that's him. That's, that's, def, that's definitely him. That's that is him. 
but I don't know. So they, they're kind of making it seem like there's a special relationship between our wizards and a particular kind of person in the real world, per se. Huh. But I need to do a little bit more research before I comment on on that potential dynamic because it's it they're making a very interesting play at it. Yeah. Okay then. Well, shit. Yeah, a lot going on. But yeah, that was uh, excellence number eight from uh, Brad Thompson and Kyrie Randolph out of out of Image, Black Harry Potter. Get into it. <laughs> Drop a lot of n bombs. I love it. Mm. <laughs> uh, image. <laughs> the image. All right, we got a uh, stealth. Number three by Mike Costa and Nate Bellagarde. This is one I've been talking about. Nice. Talking about. Been loving it. You know what? I'm doing it right now. I got I got I'm gonna do it. Do it. Here is the twist. So, as you know, we follow our protagonist whose name I just completely blanked on. Uh Buddy Baker? <laughs> That's the twist. It's Animal Man. Our protagonist, Tony. Um He's a reporter in Detroit, and obviously in Detroit is also where um, is the home base headquarters of Stealth, our hero. Stealth has been doing some some weird shit. You know, he's been shooting at the police. He's been beating up old women. Mm. You know, all kinds of crazy stuff, stealing from banks, just blowing up military trucks. Just, just yeah. Un- all right, then. Very unhero-like shit. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on, okay? Plot twist. Stealth. So the whole time we think stealth may be our protagonist because that's usually how superhero comics come. Names on the tin, whole thing, yeah. yeah. Stealth is actually Tony's father who has Alzheimer's. There you go. He doesn't even remember really how he is stealth. Okay. And that's interesting. This is only revealed by him. He's going off a submission, doing some whatever. Him crash landing into the house, running into Tony, and Tony being like, "What the hell?" And his dad thinks he's like like a bad guy and starts whipping his ass. <laughs> he like like messing him up. And when he comes to, he's like, "Oh my god! Like what? Like what have I done?" And that's kind of where the first issue like takes off from. Mm. So we're dealing with the fallout from that. The son discovering that his father has one been stealth this whole time, and two has also been stealth these last couple of years when stealth's been doing all this fuck shit. Mm. Okay, so he's trying to figure out like, how did my dad get this way? Like, is his like is this caused by his Alzheimer's? Is his Alzheimer's causing this? Uh, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's that's a, interesting. It's a suit um, that that he wears that gives him the, the powers. So he's trying to figure out where the suit come from. How did my dad get involved with this stuff? And his dad is also trying to piece together the information because he's he's not all there, but right. he goes through these phases of like knowing what to do and knowing where to go. But then he kind of you know snaps Checks out, out of it yeah. exactly. So they're playing on that a lot. So this particular issue, we finally meet our our villain, whose name I forget because it like it kind of matters, but it doesn't. He seems like right, a cool villain, right. but he's 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 literally there to be a plot device. He's like, yeah. I'm a central villainous figure that you can point your aggression towards. You know, stealth has been doing all this crazy shit, blah 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 blah. If you guys don't call stealth, then you know what could we think you could possibly do? You know, about someone like me. Right. So now we have these two issues going on. How are we going to stop our actual bad guy that our superhero is supposed to handle? And two, how are we going to stop our superhero from, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, from from being awful? Right. And uh, like I said, this was a fun issue because this one was Tony took the suit away, put it in a safety deposit box, uh, the safety deposit box. 
his dad deduces where he gets the deposit box from and he gets into like super like you know spy mode goes to the bank poses as an old man doesn't know what's going on to get to the safe deposit box soon as the you know guard leaves he busts in you know figures out how to get into it and then leaves with the suit and then we get into like well like i said one of the one of the downturns when he kind of snaps out of it mm. trying to think back think to his steps like where he's trying to think about his safe houses and he starts thinking about the um the areas where they are he's going through his head he's doing like his inner narrative kind of thing and it was interesting because they weren't really focused on, on where he was going while he was talking but when he gets to the safe house he says okay yeah this one i remember this one was still good but then they get to the one where he's at and it's not on the right street that he mentioned before and we already have people rolling up on the house that he's in. Oh my god! Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's 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 so good. It's fun. Damn. Like I said, I've been loving it. The the like I said, I was wondering how they were gonna figure out where to go after the twist because the twist was so good. Turns out it's a good superhero comic book. There you go. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought? My Casanate Bellagarde on stealth number three. Last one I got. Glad I said this one for last. This one actually might have been my favorite one. Oh yeah, this one is is flying up the chart for me. Oh, no one's rose. No nice. one's rose. Number three by Emily Thompson and oh, not Emily Thompson, Emily Horn and Zach Thompson. Art by Alberto Albuquerque. Love. Yes. So this one, first issue, really good. Second issue essentially made me add it to my pool because I want to see what was going on. Right. Third issue where we get all the legs. Uh. All the legs are coming in. So we follow our two protagonists who I have now deduced is some kind of play on. Ren Ten Ten because the brother's name is is the sister's name is Ten and the brother's name is Saren. Ah, uh. so I it, I don't I don't know exactly, but it, that it'll be hashed out. Um, okay. If you guys remember what happened in two, the brother has officially been inducted into the uh, organization, the radical organization that's trying to dismantle society from high society. Because he wants to be in high society, but, you know, for the working man. And the sister has been um, fired from her job as a scientist. Okay? Mm. That has all been undone. That's all been completely undone. Okay. Yes. Homie is now no longer radical. They were too radical. <laughs> because they were like, you know, some people are going to have to be sacrificed. You know, some people aren't going to make it through this, through this time. And he was like... Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're talking about the people that I thought we were trying to help. You know, right. I thought uh. we were—I thought we were fighting for these people, and they were like, you know, yeah, in the in totality, but not all of them are going to make it. And he was like, but why won't these specific people make it? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I don't understand why they are the ones that have yeah. to be the casualties. So he was like, you know what? Maybe you guys are a little too weird for me. You know, I thought I was weird, but you guys—you guys suck. <laughs> On the other end, the sister she gets her job back. Because the scientific organization, who is also the government, has discovered a society outside of the biodome. There right. are people outside of the biodome who are living successfully. Even with all the crazy lightning shit? Yeah, even with the, the crazy lightning and you know, lack of uh, greenery and, and weird sunlight patterns and all that stuff. They are, they are thriving out there. Okay. And also, the biodome is taking a downturn because the mother tree... Is dying. Oof. They project, they projected the mother tree might be dead within the next ten years. Oof. So they got to figure out you know what to do relatively quickly, and we get into the nature of the father of our two protagonists. So the father, as we know, is a um, 
he's been uh, he's 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 committed suicide, but he committed suicide in disgrace. Mm. He was a scientist who was a leader in engineering in terms of getting them out of the biodome. He was like, you know, I know how to do this. We can we there's a way we can live here. You just have to let me, you know, give me the resources to figure it out. Right. And for a while they were doing it because they didn't really have, you know, a choice. We come to find out that he, while he was a genius and very intelligent, also kind of unhinged. Mm. While his research was backing up his claims, he was also very out there about the things he was saying. He was like, oh, yeah, the science is there, but also you got to feel it, man. Uh, like, you know, gotcha. you know, the science isn't going to work unless you feel it. Nice. <laughs> and so it's, it's crazy because now we, not, we learn more about the father we see that his two kids have now taken the different routes of his legacy, the two different paths. His son, kind of the more theoretical path, the, the, the thought and the feeling of how we should be together and live together in this um, green environment and the, uh, the statuses that people should have, there should be equality amongst you know, uh, non-human and human uh, organisms in this world. And then the sister on the scientific side learning about how to grow new things in strange places and how to mm. uh, take research samples from outside worlds and incorporate them into your own world. So the two sides of the father's legacy kind of split now. So now they have this kind of animosity towards each other because, you know, he's off being radical. She's off being scientific. And now we have the government using her as a means to play off of lower society because they told her the only way she can get her job back is if she denounces the egotistical things that her father was preaching while he was a scientist. Hmm. So she has kind of misplaced herself from her kind of sect in the biodome to in order to regain her status. Right. But at the same time, she kind of wanted to do that to begin with. Right. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So we got a lot, lot going on. Oh, also we're making our trip outside of the biodome. Oh, that's going to happen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's Excellent. why they brought her back. They want her to lead the excursion to meet the people who are thriving outside. Makes sense. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like it is about to take off. Things about to get interesting. Oh, yeah. This Very one from, cool. This one from being like, yo, I, this would be a cool six issues to this has a lot of legs, depending on how the society outside of the biodome you know, reacts to it. Sure. That's really interesting. Cool. Yeah. So I've been really liking this. This is dope. Love and it. And I want to say... That's all I had for the books. Hey. And you know what that means. Cue the music. Cue the music. There it is. You hear it? Oh, it's happening right now. Crazy. All right. Just real quick. Going to go through the rules once more. Okay. Let's do it. It'll be 12 questions. All right. Ranging from easy to difficult. Easy. <laughs> you have three lifelines. Okay. You can phone a fan. <laughs> You can get a 50-50 where we will narrow down the choices by 50%. Okay. Or you can ask a bot where you can ask our local, you know, autonomous AI. Our voice assistant. Our our voice assistant, a question that will help you get closer to the answer to your question. Love it. You also get a redemption question if you get a question wrong throughout. You can get two questions wrong before you are eliminated. Gotcha. Gotcha. So two questions and then a redemption, or I have a question wrong and then I can redeem uh, then a redemption. So you get yeah, so yes. So you so you can you can get a redemption question at any point. Okay. Okay. So if you get the first question wrong, you can just say, okay, I got that one wrong. You can move on, or you can redeem yourself to retain the same amount of money. 
I see. So okay. if you get one wrong, you just you can keep going. You just won't get the billion dollars at the end. I can see. Okay, gotcha. Okay. All right, let's do it. All right, let me get my timer. See how big of a fool I can make of myself. <laughs> I've been drinking this this poor man sangria. It's just this terrible <laughs> Spanish, <laughs> like five dollar Spanish wine. Hell yeah, dude! And Sprite. That means you're that means you're ready to go. <laughs> I think I put some, uh, some lime juice in there, though, so we're good. We're crushing it. It's a whole vibe. Are you ready to play the game? Okay, let's do it. <clears throat> okay. For $1 million. Holy shit. Well, it's who wants I to be a billionaire? <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> so they had to have a crazy curve or to start ridiculous. <laughs> it just kind of dawned on me. Okay, I'm ready again. Everything's cool. Stakes. <laughs> For $1 million, what was the original name of Green Arrow's male sidekick? A, Quiver, B, Bowboy, C, Speedy, or D, Bullseye? I'm going to go with Speedy. Final answer. Final answer. That is correct. Yay. That is correct. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I, I thought, you know, that would have been way worse if that was the last question. Because I would have legit been like, bro, is it is it fucking Bullseye or is it Bow Boy? Like, I don't know. Like, I know. That's good. It's a great, a great start to the it's, game. It's really crazy how the context would have totally changed. If that would have been like oh, the yeah. super hardest question, I would have, been, I would have just assumed at the at the gate. There's no oh, way it could be the thing it's supposed to be. That's so funny. Okay. All right. <laughs> For $5 million, <laughs> what is the name of the wrestler that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man oh fights, in <laughs> <laughs> fights in Spider-Man 1? A, Crusher. B, The Main Man. <laughs> C, Snapper Bill. Or D, Bone Saw. <laughs> um... Okay, well, there's no way it's those first. Well, it's not the main man, right? Obviously, it's Lobo. And then Alf, it's not the Crusher? It's Bonesaw, right? We're going. That's your final answer? Uh, what, was the, what was C? C was Snapper Bill. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Spider Man 1. To be All honest. right, I need an answer. I'm going to go with D. It is as thank, correct. Thank God, dude. I really... I was like, it's Bonesaw, right? And then you looked at me like, oh, no. I got, I got to be a host, dude. I'm trying. No, dude. I got, I'm going to close my eyes, then. I'm going to cheat, dude. Yes, the correct answer was, in fact, Bonesaw. Bonesaw. If you can't see, I'm, I'm sawing my arm off with yeah. my invisible saw. You see, that's what I thought. <laughs> Golly, dude. I hate this. Okay. For $10 million... What is Wolverine's real name? Okay. A. Thomas Logan. Oh, no. B. James Howlett. C. William Barker. Or D. Jonathan Fry. Um, uh, A. That's your final answer. Yes. That is incorrect. Correct answer is James Howlett. Should have known. Yeah, don't know my Marvel lore or my Wolverine lore at all. Now, do you want to take that L or do you want a redemption question? Um, I probably should save the redemption. What do you think? I probably should save the redemption question for later. Because it's going to be harder, right? It's going to get harder. Okay, I'll take the L for now. You're going to take the L for now? Yes, I'll take the L. Okay. 
Okay, so still at $10 million. Okay. For $10 million, like Harley Quinn, this character debuted in Batman the Animated Series and was later adapted into DC comic book canon. A, Harvey Bullock. B, Cheshire. C, Renee Montoya. Or D, Roland Desmond, also known as Blockbuster. Oh, my God. I'll give you a hint right now. You're overthinking it. <laughs> what are they again? It's A, Harvey Bullock. B, Cheshire. C, Renee Montoya. D, Roland Desmond. I guess I'll do the 50-50 or else I'm going to... All right, 50-50. Is it Renee Montoya or Roland Desmond? Roland Desmond. It's Renee Montoya. Are you serious? Yep. Renee Montoya oh was created in Batman the Animated Series along with Harley Quinn and then later rolled in. Unreal. Did not know that. Dude, I thought, I thought you'd do that. Wow. Nope. Didn't know that. Well, you want That was you, quick. Got to use the, that, yeah, that redemption, the redemption now. Let's do the redemption. Sure. Okay. Terrible. So, you have 30 seconds. Okay. To name eight members. No, no. Of the Bat Family, not named Batman. Okay, can, are, I, can I start with Alfred? I mean, well, are you starting now? I, well, answer me yes or no, yes. and I'll be the start. Okay, yes. so Alfred, Batwoman. Can I do multiples of the same people? Obviously, right. So can I do Damien, Stephanie, um, uh, Dick, uh, Tim Drake, um, Lucius Fox, and Luke? Yep. Okay. Yep. I just didn't. That's. I wanted to start with Alfred just because I don't know if you concluded. Yes. Him. I would obviously. I would include him. But yeah, okay. I feel you. That's why I figured it would be a good starting point. Yes or no? Because yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. You have. Well, fuck. You have officially made it. Yikes! Into the next round, you have no more redemption questions. But luckily for you, lifelines. The twist that I talked about earlier, I will mention to you now. Okay. The twist is, you can now forego one of your lifelines for a redemption question. Okay. Well, that's probably... I don't know, who, <laughs> I don't know whose number you got. <laughs> but I, I don't know how much use that would be. Um, okay. That's a good... That's an interesting twist to throw in here. Okay, let's continue. Oh, do you, do you have any idea what you want to... You don't have to... You have to I don't pick, have to pick right now, do you? Have, you, know, you have to pick right now, but oh, just, okay. just so you know. Okay, that's... So I have I have the bot, and I still have the phone a friend, right? You have everything still. Oh, no, yeah, you used I, 50, I used 50, 50, yeah. 50 and yeah. I fucked up. Yeah. Because yes. I can believe it. But, um, <laughs> because I couldn't believe it. But yes. Okay, cool. Let's continue. Okay. Goddamn Logan. For, for $20 million. Okay. When do the events of Batman Beyond take place? Oh, no. According to the creators of the series. A, 2049. B, 50 years from now, whenever now is. Oh. C, 50 years after the Joker dies, whenever that is. Mm-hmm. Or D, 50 years after Batman retires, whenever that is. Okay, well, at least I know it's not the last one. Correct. that's the first episode we see. Um, I'm, I want to say it's, what, was the, what were the military, what were B and C? B was 50 years from now, whenever we are. Now. Yep, from now. And C, 50 years after the Joker dies. Uh, for some reason, I always thought there was a hard date for the Batman Beyond stuff. But I guess not. Um, oh, my God. I don't feel like I could ask 
somebody this and I also don't feel like I could do the bot. I guess I might have to utilize my redemption question on this. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with fifty years I'm gonna go with fifty years after the Joker dies. Fifty years from now. From now <laughs> oh my god. Fifty years from now. Unreal. So do you want to use your redemption? Yes, I guess. Okay, I have which to. which one do you are you gonna forego? Let's forego the bot. Gonna forego the bot. Okay. The questions are way too specific, I think. And I think it'll be funny to call somebody in for this. Okay. This one I'll give you some leeway on. Okay. But you have thirty seconds to name to me as many. So this one's a little bit harder because this was gonna be the one that was gonna be for the, the later rounds. Right. So Name to me as many Marvel creators as you can that left Marvel to form Image Comics back in the day. Oh, Jesus. How many do I need to do? Like, like left... Oh, my God. Give me, give me two of them. I can... Okay. Um, McFarlane. Yep. Tom McFarlane and Kirkman. Robert Kirkman. Did he used to do stuff for Marvel? He was not on my original list, but yeah. Um, I don't know if you count that as leaving Marvel for that. Right. Keep going. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's like. <laughs> <sighs> to start Image, to create the company? Yeah. Like, who were like the founding artists of Image? Oh, my God. Um, this sucks, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm sorry. I thought. <laughs> no, I didn't know. Super well beyond uh, the CEO and their president. Um, Jim Lee. Yes. There we go. I thought, thank God. Yes. To to round it out, it was um, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Eric Larson. Yeah. uh, Jim Valentino. No. Rob Liefeld. Oh. Wils, Wils, Patricio, and Mark Silvestri. Yeah, I should have known Mark Silvestri. Definitely, that was one. That I, I thought you were going to get Rob Liefeld. That's another one that I should have known. I was put on the spot, and all I could think of was Kirkman. <laughs> now I, feel, now I totally feel you, dude. Okay. We're going to keep on chugging along. At least that was enough. <laughs> Thanks to Jim. <laughs> Thanks to Jim. Shout out. All right. We are on $50 million. Jeez. <laughs> How much did DC pay the creators of Superman for the exclusive rights to the character oh, in no. 1938. Was it A, $412? B, $130? C, $247? Or D, $185? I'm only, I'm only asking you this because we specifically watched a little thing about this where they mentioned it. They did. Yeah, no, I remember that. There's no way I can remember the specific figure. What are the numbers again? $412. Okay. $130. Okay. $247. And $185. I don't know why the super low number is speaking to me, but I guess if I had to pick one, I'd probably just go for that. Because there's no way. I don't know who's going to be the person you're going to call, but (laughs) they're not going to know either. So I think we just start guessing things at this point. (laughs) Well, you you are in luck. That is correct. Okay, that's (laughs) yep. It was one hundred and thirty dollars. They completely shafted them. That's what I thought. Yep from from the jump, got them. So they so that this one was a bit of a trick question because they paid them four hundred and twelve dollars for everything they had done, which included Superman, the story, the drawing, right, and uh, the whole shebang of bang. Superman himself, the character itself. Yeah, the IP. Yep, only cost them $130 initially. What a deal. Right, dude? And by what a deal, I mean 
what a scummy thing to do. Absolutely, it's art, <laughs> dude. That is... Yeah, they were, I mean, those comic book guys. We know you know this too. Like they aren't getting paid nearly what they they were for these characters that have lasted eighty years. They deserve oh, way more. Yeah, dude. And I still have problems with that nowadays. Dude, you know? absolutely. The so, fact that some dude, some dude who was living in the middle of nowhere, had to do his own documentary about who Bill Finger was. Yeah. in order for people to know who he was. Yeah, is crazy, insane. crazy, crazy insane. times. Cool. Okay. Okay. See where we're at. We're at our hundred million dollar question. What college slash university does Peter Parker usually <laughs> usually go to after high school? A. New York University. B. Empire State University. <laughs> C. Manhattan Institute of Technology. Oh my god! <laughs> or D, Brooklyn College. I hate it because the first thing that popped in my mind was NYU, but like now I'm starting to wonder. Like before you even said, it, I thought it was <laughs> NYU, but now I don't know because for some reason, so many of them sound right. They all sound right. Fuck you, Peter Parker, you nerd. Well, well so I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you this, please. One of them is obviously a real school. Yes. One is a fictional school that Peter Parker goes to. Right. And two of them I made up. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, okay. Two, they may or may not be real, but I, I made up the names. <laughs> right. Well, I got to hate because Marvel has uses so many real yes. places in their, in their books. So that's why I was like, maybe he does go to NYU. <laughs> <laughs> I hate every part of this. <laughs> Um, I think I might have to call. You gonna you gonna make the call? I t- I mean at this point I don't know. What else. Make I I really don't know how to narrow this one down. All right, let me make sure the price is available. Hello, hello, Bethany. <laughs> yeah, Bethany, you are on the line with the House of Comics podcast. This is Chris. Hey, Bethany. Oh my God, I'm such a huge. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're, we're calling you because we're doing Who Wants to Be a Genius Billionaire Playboy Philanthropist? And Will you call the right person? <laughs> well, and Alex needs your help on one of the questions, okay? Okay. All right, you ready for the question? Absolutely not. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Okay, the question is, what college slash university does Peter Parker usually go to after high school? A, New York University. B, Empire State University, C, Manhattan Institute of Technology, or D, Brooklyn College? Uh-huh. So let's start with you only, definitely... You only got 30 seconds. Chris, I think there was some time when you told me it was something about an Empire State University. You want to lock that in? Yes. Okay. Are you, are you sure? Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. Bethany, thank you so much for, for answering the phone. We really appreciate your answers. Thank you for being a part of the show and for being a fan of the show. Thank you, Bethany. Thanks, guys. Keep on coming, fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. You, you keep on comic booking, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, you heard it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> What's it going to be? Um, uh, New York University, <laughs> Empire State University, Manhattan Institute of Technology, or Brooklyn College? I hate that 
I was already thinking it was either Manhattan or the or the Empire State. Let's just go with Empire State. It is correct. Wow, it is thank God. Empire State University. Thank Christ, Bethany. Shout out to Bethany. Wow, you did it. Thank you, Bethany. You're amazing. The the strange thing she listens to me say. That is wild. <laughs> How has wow. it never stuck with me through all the? You know why? I because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> anyway, you now know, I care. Now I won't forget. <laughs> now I got it. I'll never forget now. Fucking. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm totally lost on my, my question numbering. Um, well, that was the $100 million question. Excellent. I thought for sure it was going to be Ross. Every fiber <laughs> of my being knew, knew it was going to be Ross. <laughs> Probably next time. <laughs> okay. For $300 million. All right. Shield. Okay, that's enough. Is an international. No, dude. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll give. I'll give you a DC question. <laughs> we... <laughs> I just. I won't, dude. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. How many Green Lanterns are officially patrolling sector twenty-eight fourteen as of right now? By officially, I mean by orders from Oa. Damn. Oh shit! How many Green Lanterns are officially patrolling the sector? Okay. Oh, so I should give you the numbers. <laughs> yes, please. A, one. <laughs> B, two. C, four. Or D, five. As of right now, how many Green Lanterns are officially, by orders from Oa, patrolling? Sector 2814. Not like this. <laughs> Not like this, man. Oh, my God. Actually, I think I may have worded this wrong. Okay. Yep. I'm sorry. I have worded this wrong. That's okay. Are patrolling Earth in Sector 2814. Okay. <laughs> How many Green Lanterns are officially patrolling Earth as of right now? By orders of Oa, are are in charge of Earth. A, 1, B, 2, C, 4, or D, 5. Jesus Christ. Um, well, I mean, Guy <laughs> Gardner is the best Greenlander. <laughs> and there you, there's your answer. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, I would like to think Hal is definitely patrolling Earth because he has, as far as season two of Green Lantern, they, the Guardians took him out of the galaxy, they threw him on the planet, and he is physically on the planet Earth for the for pretty much his entire arc ever since the first issue. So I would like to think he's there, but then, <laughs> but the thing is, like when you said officially, it's like. That's that that that's the that trick is of the it, word by orders of Oa. Like if I go to the Green Lantern the, Oa handbook, right. go to Earth. Yeah, which Green Lantern or lanterns does it say right now? I mean, the last ones that I, I was aware of was when the, it was the two of them with Simon and Jessica. I don't know how long ago that was. I don't even know if that's still the case. I don't know what John's doing. I don't know what <laughs> Kyle's doing. I don't know. Do, I don't know what guys doing. You know, I really don't know. Honestly, and the only thing I know about Jessica is that she's not on Earth. 
that doesn't mean she's not technically supposed to be patrolling Earth. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess my logic points me to two for some reason. The answer is one. Perfect. But I it that was that was a tough one. That was a trick yeah. question because you're you're right. Simon and Jessica were the last two that were officially patrolling Earth. Right. But at the start, like you said, at the start of JLO, she is patrolling the ghost sector. Oh, Jesus. That's so it's that's, just Simon? Mm-hmm. Damn it. That's what I, that's what I, thought, I thought you had it when you said it. it was like, I just remember there being the two then, and then Jessica isn't, is, is, I isn't on Earth now. So I, I, was, sh- I was like, dude, you got it. That was- <laughs> yeah, I should have just trusted my gut and said that. I just thought it was going to be some goofiness where it's like she's still technically patrolling, but now she's like not on Earth. So. Right. It's no. just like the same idea that Hal, like Hal's on Earth, doing Earth things, protecting Earth with Grant Morrison's run. So right. it's like, who even knows anymore? Well, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> my heart was right and my head was wrong. That's how they get you. Well, if I'm doing the math here, you may have maxed out on the money. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. At uh, $300 million. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. You want to go through the rest of the questions? Yeah, let's do just, them. Just to see what, what was popping? Let's see them. Okay. Give me the shield question so I can destroy <laughs> okay. that. All right. Shield is an international espionage organization. Yep. But what is the name of their sister organization that deals with intergalactic espionage? Oh, perfect. A, SPEAR, Satellite Project Extraterrestrial Aggression Review. <laughs> B, SWORD. Sentient World Observation and Response Department. C. Guard. Galactic Unit Against Radical Domination. Or D. Shot. Space Hostility Oppositions Task Force. <laughs> um, I'll give you a hint. One of them is the real one, obviously. The other three I completely made up. Of course. <laughs> um, I, I think it's Spear. Is it Speared? It's Sword. Is it Shot? <laughs> It was shot the whole time, wasn't it, dude? It was just something stupid. It was shot the whole time, wasn't it? So is it shield and spear, shield and sword, shield That's, and guard, or shield and shot? For a long time, I would my immediate thing was like, I think it's spear for some reason, but I don't know. It's probably guard. Or I don't. I really don't know actually. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I don't know. I really don't know. I have zero clue what to even guess. They all sound plausible except for shot. <laughs> the answer is sword. Okay. That's is, the obvious one that it should have been. Yeah. Since you're in the world observation and response department. Yeah. That's pretty dumb still. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When I saw that was the one and I was like, all right, dude, how could I possibly make these other ones sound as ridiculous? Like that, yeah. that question actually took me the most time trying to think of acronyms. That's so funny. Cause like, I immediately assume it's got to be spear or sword, right? And then for some reason, there's something in my brain that was like, I think it is spear. And then you said shot, and I'm like, that's so stupid, it's got to be that. And then I was like, guard, I'm like, they could totally just do the, the sideways thing, where it's like shield and then space, it's well, space shield, it's space guard. Oh, yeah, dude. Just fuck it, dude. I, I spent a lot and of time maybe on that Asgard, one. like, that kind of, dev- I don't know, whatever. That's good. You did good. Good okay. acronyms. Okay. So, I know you know a lot about Tom King. No, oh, Jesus. I know you know a lot about Batman. No, Jesus, no. But let's see how much you know about Tom King's Batman. Virtually nothing. Specifically, the art. What artist was featured the most in Tom King's run on Batman? A, 
Mikhail Yannan, B, David Finch, C, Ivan Reese, or D, Tony S. Daniels? Oof. Of course, the two that I think it might be are probably neither of them are it. I really, <laughs> I pared it down. Well, I pared down Finch and Tony Daniels because I remember them doing, they've done a lot of cover work for Batman over time, especially. I think that the, the, um, one of the issues I have down here was, um, is a Finch variant. Mm, I think you're I right. Think I think there's a Finch variant for, um, for, for 94, for 94, for Dead Earth or something. But, um, it would be one of the, one of those two would be my guess. Um, I, I remember Finch did work with him for for a period. That probably my guess, I guess. All right, the Hammer Daniels, but what is it? It is Mikhail Yana. Perfect. But David Finch was this was the second. Was yes. the second. Okay. If you could, if you could split the runs in half, it would probably be Finch and Yannan, but Yannan did more technically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's that's up there with the Green Lantern one, where yeah. it's like that one hurt <laughs> that one hurt a lot it only hurt because like I, I watched you do it there's nothing like getting the right answer and then choosing the wrong answer to make you hurt uh, it, was, it was good it was good stuff terrible okay uh, these were the uh, uh, yes these were the last two I had this was the uh, 999,999,999 question that's good Colonel James Rose is an African-American officer in the U.S. Air Force and also a close friend of Tony Stark. In 1983, he would go on to don the Iron Man armor. But what writer was responsible for this decision? Was it A, David Michelinie, B, Lynn Kaminsky, C, Roy Thomas, or D, Denny O'Neill? Denny O'Neill. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes. Hashtag bless up. Yes. Shout out, shout out to the boy R.I.P. Denny O'Neill for one additional dollar. <laughs> hey man, that's the difference. Tax brackets. You know what I'm saying? It's true. The billion dollar question was: What is the highest rated MCU movie per Metacritic? Okay. <laughs> that's good. Okay. So before you list them off, I'm gonna lock in. <laughs> I'm gonna lock in Winter Soldier. <laughs> it, okay, it, what is it? It's probably up there. Um, what is it? What are they? <laughs> what is it? What are they? Um, Let's hear it. A in game. Okay, no. <laughs> B, Iron Man. The first one. The first one. Mm, uh, C, Winter Soldier. Or D, Black Panther. Oh. Yeah. That seems like the easy bait question, right? Black Panther's like the hard bait, but it's actually like Iron Man, isn't it? I don't know. Are you giving me the answer? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I know pretty much like as far as fan response from people who are like religious MCU fans, Winter Soldier is held up in like the highest regard um, as far as most of their most of their opinions goes, spanning like the twenty five or so odd movies. So logic dictates this should be that one. I can't imagine it's Endgame. Um, Black Panther seems like the easiest choice there. It seems like the safe choice, you know. And my my stupid brain wants me to be like, no, <laughs> it's far brain. it's far too safe for this question. It has to be the first Iron Man. But then that was just. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go with Black Panther. It is Black Panther. Oh my god! It is in fact Black Panther. There you go, folks. <laughs> 
the, the margin was way wider than it should have been as yeah. well. Yeah, it was, it was probably like, like points, like multiple. It was points. like eight points. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. That's just a good film. So, yeah, hilarious. Yep, <laughs> that uh, that was all I had. Those are good. Little uh, little Marvel centric towards the end. That's the key. But that yeah, that was because I mean, <laughs> literally, <laughs> you go back and you look, <laughs> and it's rough. <laughs> But to be fair, dude, I thought you did pretty good. Thank you. Because, I mean, because so for, for those of you out there, I've been talking about doing this for a minute now. So I've been sitting with these questions for a while. Yeah. So to be fair, I've probably been sitting with them thinking that these are way easier <laughs> than, than they were. Considering. I can see why you'd think some of them would be geared towards me that I would totally get, like, especially like the BTAS one and stuff yes, like that. Yes, I thought you were going to get that one. But it's just like, it's been a while since I've seen BTAS and like, yeah. I can't keep that all straight anymore fair enough and like i never i know virtually nothing about marvel war i know marvel characters i know some marvel arcs right. i know some marvel characters names but if it's not what kurt wagner i think is the name <laughs> of nightcrawler then i really don't give a shit <laughs> dude fair enough so no but no there's there's they're great stories and they're great characters and stuff i just i don't know them. Yeah, i don't know dude, them at all totally get it uh, let's see. Just want to give you some quick uh, questions that I thought about adding, but I uh, decided not to. Okay. Um, what is the specter? A, the physical embodiment of God's vengeance. Right. B, a supernatural guide of the DC universe. Right. C, the spirit of God's wrath. Or D, the personification of death. Okay. I always thought it was the first one. Yeah, it is. The it first is. One. For, okay. Cool. Yep. Yep. That counts. That's fake. Fake. That's Burger King bucks. That's Burger King. That sounds kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever that is. Which Brainiac is on the Legion of Superheroes? <laughs> <laughs> Which Brainiac is on the Legion of Superheroes, the futuristic team yes. that, you know, mans the helms in the 31st century? Right. A, Brainiac 5. B, Brainiac 1 million. C, Brainiac 12. Or D, Brainiac 52. Um, I'm going to go with Brainiac 5. Yes, it is Brainiac 5. Okay, so I only guess because 52 and 1 million are obviously Superman 1 million and then... 52 is yeah, just it's the a number. Have, number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but 12 is good. 12 is a great number. Let's see what else did I have. Really fucking nailing these. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do some editing here. <laughs> Take care of that. <laughs> That's good. God damn it. Okay, uh okay, here's, here's my last DC one. Let's hear it. Um What is the name of the security task force that was founded by Jacob Kane, father of Batwoman, Kate Kane? Right. They operate in Gotham. What was the name of the security task force? A the Red Condors. B Project Lookout. C Eagle Eye. Or D, the crows. Um, hmm. well, it's not condors. <laughs> no, it's not the red condors. Goddamn nightwing. <laughs> um, what would it be in C? Lookout and what? Project Lookout and Eagle Eye. What's the question specifically? How did you how'd you word it? How'd I word it exactly? Yeah, Jake Kane. What is the name of the security? Sorry, what is the name of the security task force that Jacob Kane founded? Were BNC Project Lookout and Eagle Eye? I'm going to go with Eagle Eye. 
It's actually the crows. It's get out of here. With that. <laughs> it is <It's> terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. It's terrible. terrible. <laughs> I was giving these guys too much credit. Oh, absolutely, dude. Yep. I completely made up Project Lookout and Eagle Eye. Those are both great. Thank you. <laughs> I'd rather read about that. <laughs> the crows. The crows. You don't have the nerve to call that, right? Like, who has the balls okay, in the, Gotham? Last one, just for shits and giggles. What is the name of the new villain Donny Case is introducing in his current run on Thor? Oh, no. A, Necron. B, Plaguemar. <laughs> C, the Black Winter. Or D, the Overture. <laughs> Can I call Katie? <laughs> <laughs> We we actually cannot. She's she's busy right now. Oh, okay. Um, what are they again? Plague Mar. <laughs> A Necron. Overture. B Plague Mar. C the Black Winter. And D the Overture. Let's, let's go with the Overture. It's Plague Mar. It's the Black Winter. It is. The it Black was Winter. obviously the Black Winter. First try. I made up Plague Mar and the Overture well, myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Overture is really good. You like that, dude? Overture is really good. Thank you. I guess that's a little too DC feeling. Like, 100%, dude. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Should have known better than that one. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was making this. I was like, yo, baby, Titan can use this. Yeah, he 100% <laughs> totally could use that. Plagmar is real. I refuse. <laughs> he has to be, dude, right? I, refuse. I wrote that down. I was like, you know what? Maybe this is something. <laughs> I refuse to believe otherwise. <laughs> yeah. He exists, dude. I'm pretty sure he was a uh, metamorphose <laughs> villain. Dude, I don't know why. I just, had, I just had a rushing flood of like <laughs> terrifics books. Trying to, yeah. I was like flipping pages in my, bro, in my brain trying to find a plague mar. <laughs> was not there. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that was that, that was good. That was a fun time. Oh, God. Um, I think the lesson is to read up on your Marvel lore, man. Yeah, I don't know it. <laughs> Come at me. Um, also... Rather impressive pockets of DC lore. Yeah, you know, you came up with that uh, that Spectre answer really pretty, quick. pretty fast. <laughs> the, the same three of them sounded almost identical. Yeah, <laughs> I was a little too identical. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That, was, that was pretty good. There's there's just enough up there. All right, well, real quick, last thing, we'll get into all of the stuff that's coming out this week. Yeah, we'll just we'll just run through it. Go for it. Nightwing 72, the Joker War tie-in. Oh, shit. It's coming at you fast. Punchline's going to be in it. Get <laughs> <laughs> hype. Just put her in the books. <laughs> Everyone loves her. Put her in the books, and then the men will come. Yep, that's true. Uh, Venom 26, Donny Cates' new Venom uh, arc is kicking off, introducing a new character, Virus. There you go. <laughs> Black Winter and Virus. I just, I just put that together. Killing it. Uh, um... Justice League 49, Immortal Hulk 35, Avengers 34, Aquaman 61, Fantastic Four 21, Teen Titans 43, Gideon Falls 23. Hey, yeah, I saw that. Andrea Sorrentino posted mm-hmm. about it. Dark Knight's Death it's Metal happening. number two. There you go. It's here. It's happening. The noise is back. Cranked up to 11. We will finally see what the hell hell is happening down picking dude down picking break down picking and we're going to get our first look at uh is this the robin king issue or is that three good question not sure i think we'll be getting exciting yeah at the very least we'll be getting some kind of introduction to the robin king strange adventures number three 
Yes, we're getting into oh, the... fantastic. Th- this is the actual meeting that has been teased in the first two issues between Mr. Terrific and Adam Strange. Nice. Love that. Can't wait. It's going down. Catwoman 23, Captain Marvel 17, Guardians of the Galaxy number four, finally. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 51, Giant Size X-Men Magneto number one. Hmm. TMNT number 106. Ooh, getting up there. Uh, Empire number one. This is the official start to the hey. Empire event over at Marvel. They had done a couple of preludes, what I want to say, Avengers Empire number zero and Fantastic Four Empire number zero. But this is the official kickoff start to their big event. Once in the Future number nine. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number twelve. That's a maxi series. That's that's, that's officially it, ended. That's done. Oh, I just realized Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane ended like a week after each other. So that's cool. Yep. Family Tree number seven. Die 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 <laughs> number eleven. Spider Woman two. Finally, the hype returns. Oh, let's go. Strike Force number eight. Daphne Brin number six. Hey, that should be rapping, right? Yep. That's it. I, was that, is that the last one of your Hill House comics? I think it is. Hell yeah, dude. Nice. Well done. Well, you did it, dude. The curse is lifted. <laughs> the curse is lifted. I'm free. Um, the Old Guard Force Multiply number five is out. Neat. Well timed. <laughs> um, Metal Men number eight. Oh, Jesus. Didio. <laughs> Still, he, he's never left. Uh, um, Red Mother number six. Yeah. Year Zero number three. That's one of those new ones out of uh, AWA uh, Upshot, written by uh, Benjamin Percy. Savage Dragon number 250. Uh, celebratory issue for Savage Dragon. It's his 250th issue. Um, I think behind like Spawn, this is like the longest running, like independent, like creator owned comic book character that's been going. Mm. Um, so shout out to Savage Dragon and uh, Eric Larson who we mentioned a little bit earlier right, yeah. one of those guys Undone by Blood or the Shadow of a Wanted Man there you go number four is coming out and that seems to be it couple couple new things here and there nothing too crazy um, nothing I don't think I'm gonna dive into immediately but if some, some cool stuff pops out we'll definitely mention it on the uh, the next pod no, I thought question was this week. Maybe I was just hoping it was this week. Oh yeah, that probably. Ugh. I guess it's next week. I just thought for some reason it came out as the same on the same week as Metal and uh, Strange Adventures. I, yeah, it, that it definitely mean shit. Yeah, I was about to say it definitely did, but I definitely think uh, it's on that um, that Wonder Woman Dead Earth schedule, which is like non-existent every two and a half months yeah. to four months. Maybe. Terrible, dude. Yeah, yeah. They got. They got to figure that out. Finish it. Please. You know, it's a four-issue series. Finish it. You know, I don't Literally, know why. Please why finish it. does it have to last a year? No, no, it shouldn't. I don't it never get should've. that at all. I should. We should knock this out in six months. Yeah, minimum. Agreed. <laughs> Big agree. I keep feeling like I need to go back and reread. And I don't have a problem with that, but I don't like. I don't like feeling it. Feeling required to do that because of, on your failure yeah. to get me the book I want. Also, you can get the goddamn trade out in the yeah. same year that the book came out. Oh, yeah, out. exactly. Why is the trade coming out the year after yeah. this four-issue series makes ending? makes no sense. That makes no sense. Great selling point. Yeah, terrible. But anyways, that's all we got for the books. Anything you got for news, books, anything you're looking forward to this coming week? Metal. Metal. 
Metal. Strange Adventures, obviously. Um, honestly, dude, I don't care about Nightwing. <laughs> Af- after Joker. I'm, I'm giving them. I'll give them to the end of the Joker War. If the end of the Joker War comes and I'm not feeling how Nightwing's over, or, or how it's going, I think I'm, I think I'm ended, dude. Bro, they're gonna they're gonna kill Dick, and then he's gonna be replaced with Tim Drake, and he's gonna be the new Nightwing. Dude, it's fine. That's I'm, I'm <laughs> totally fine with that. Change, change the name of the title. Change it to Drake. No. <laughs> could you could you could you imagine just Drake? That's probably pretty good. It probably looks kind of nice. Oh my god! At least he get... would make sense in the red and black suit more than Nightwing. That's true, actually. Well, then I can say you can do the um the uh, Drake album cover hip hop variants. Absolutely easy. Too easy. Three easy, maybe even. <laughs> I don't know why that found me. <laughs> But yeah, be on the lookout for all those books we mentioned. Thank you guys for joining us for a fun game show edition of the podcast. We will bone up on our Marvel lore. Yeah, that was embarrassing. <laughs> dude, dude, you were fine. <laughs> dude, have you, I, was, I was actually thinking about this. So I actually watched a, uh, an episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Mm-hmm. And their easy questions we're way easier. They're pretty easy, yeah. Like, then your easy questions. You're, they're million-dollar questions. Not a single person who got those million-dollar those million dollar questions has any idea who the Spectre is. That's fair. <laughs> so, That's yeah, me. Don't, don't feel bad. The fact that Bethany somehow, with an earshot, remembered <laughs> the was, Empire State thing is ridiculous. That was remarkably clutch. Um, so props to that. Yeah, I'll bone up, and then we'll do this again, and I'll, I'll shut it down. Yeah. I'll, I'll rock and roll it. Hell yeah, dude. Or you can, we can, you can return the favor and, and try, yeah. to, try to hit oh, me no, with I'll it, dude. Some, I'll definitely come up with some questions for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Looking forward to it. But until then, remember to keep, keep on comic, comic booking, nerds. nerds.